Blog Talk Radio. To Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. All right, folks, it's uh, top of the hour, 6 o'clock. We're getting this show kicked off. This is Eugene Benton here in the studio. Uh, Richie is mic'd up and ready to roll. we got a big show tonight, man. We are going to recap some stuff going on. Of course, the NCAA brackets came out today. Uh, well, actually, yesterday. Uh, probably hit more of the mainstream media today. Everybody's kind of seeing those brackets, getting those pools in. A little different format this year. We have some of the playing games on Thursday with the main games on Friday, Saturday, 
Sunday and Monday this year. It always used to kick off a little bit on Wednesday, uh, and the first round would be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Third Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's a little different this year. I think they put in that some teams is kind of. Uh, sit and wait. They they they're in, but they have a little bit of that uh, ugly word COVID issues going on. But this year, the NCAA has built in a fallback. If they're not able to go, there are a couple teams on the bubble, so to speak. It's a weird bubble this year because those bubble teams aren't still on the bubble necessarily. That not getting in, they could get in if a team doesn't uh, or aren't able to go. Uh, I believe the first team in is uh, Louisville. And some others. Uh, it's a little different format, but it's going to be interesting uh, to see how it goes. Uh, hopefully, we'll get these games uh, started, and everybody that got picked that earned the right to play gets to play in this tournament. Uh, we saw just a little while ago the news come across in the women's tournament. Boy, that can shake up some things. Coach Ariyama, uh, the UConn Huskies, tested positive and may miss the first couple of games for those uh, ladies. But speaking of basketball. Uh, just started off with the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to have a ladies basketball player in from Bishop England. Man, is she a talent. She is a force to reckon with. Uh, so we'll definitely catch up with her at 8 o'clock. As for the rest of the show, at 6.30, we'll have Colleen Hurd, four-time state champion, 5A wrestler of the year for up at Northwestern High School. 7 p.m., we're back talking football with Coach Eric Bendig at the Iron Horses of Philip Simmons on Daniel Island. First time to get Coach Bendig in. We're really excited about that. 7.30, we're headed to South Florence. Man, if you haven't seen those new facilities. South Florence, from my understanding, yesterday I talked to a coach. Uh, basically what happened was that all those guys shared a field for about 30 years. And that field was, uh, let's just say, not up to date. Uh, they did pass a ref or tried to get a referendum passed in 2019 to build all new stadiums for everybody. It didn't pass the referendum. But, lo and behold, the the new what I was told was there's some new blood into the uh, district office there at the Florence County School District, and uh, the new blood decided to go for something called a lease purchase agreement, and what that did was that freed up uh, uh, several million dollars, and all three schools Wilson, South Florence, and West Florence, and we've had the Wilson coach and West Florence coaches on talking about those new fields, new facilities. Of course, the Wilson coaches. Since moved on, he took a job at his alma mater uh, up with uh, Ridgeview in Columbia. But we're going to finish up the trifecta of the big Florence schools uh, today, tonight at 730 with head coach Drew Marlowe. And I'm sure he's excited. I've seen pictures of that field, uh, those facilities. Oh, my gosh. That bl- that big blue Bruin bear is uh, sitting at the 50-yard line. That new track is uh, – uh, going in the stadium, the field, it looks amazing. Without further ado, though, I'm going to tap on the glass. I'm going to pass the mic. The big guy is suited and booted. He's ready to go. What's up, Richie? Man, let's go. No doubt, Eugene. Great job bringing us in. Of course, I'm trying to get everything kind of fixed here tonight. Great introduction. Yeah, the, the, the March Madness is upon us. Bracketology is real. You can go over to SO Sports Central, fill out your bracket, do what you do and see if you can't come out a winner on that deal. Now, what about North Carolina? They look to be good, but the other team in the state of North Carolina is Duke. Boy, Duke, is that a strategic move, Eugene, that these guys had to win five just to make the dance, but all of a sudden, conveniently, well, they unfortunately, I don't know how you want to put it, because to me it looks two different coins here. As For the first time in many moons, many, many moons, 
Duke's not in this conversation. There's a few other teams that aren't on those brackets. You mentioned the ladies. They've got some things going on. And I do like that they put some things in place so that at the end of the day, there is other teams to fall in if other teams fall out. There's that question. Talking about falling in and falling out, more madness other than the brackets that happened here today. If you're in the low country and you are a college of Charleston Cougar, ooh, the news yesterday started swirling about your head coach, Earl Grant. Well, it's not only on the Internet. It's reality, and it's true. He is now the new Boston College head basketball coach. The Eagle Insider has confirmed with multiple sources that Boston College hired College of Charleston Cougar, former Cougar coach Earl Grant, as its next men's basketball coach. He's a former assistant at the Citadel, Winthrop, Wichita State, Clemson. Grant, of course, went 127-89 and in seven seasons with the College of Charleston. He led the Cougars to the NCAA tournament near an upset of Auburn in round of the 64 in the 2017-18 win in the Colonial Athletic Association Coach of the Year. College of Charleston went 26-8, and 14-4, and and the CAA played that season, both of which were high marks for Grant's tenure with the program. We'll wait. We'll see. It is a huge move. We wish Coach Grant and his family the greatest success in the ACC and in Boston College that plays a little basketball, by the way. But I know it was a hard decision for him to leave our Palmetto State as he's done multiple things in multiple places and what he means to the low country, what he means to the College of Charleston and how much he has done so much off the court, as we know on the court, but off the court, this is a guy that shows up to youth basketball games across the low country, across the state, and really is an all-in kind of guy. So for us, we wish him and his family the best of luck, Eugene. I, I, it was one of those things. I saw it yesterday. It was kind of earth-shattering to some. Not to me. This is an opportunity for him, as you saw Monty Lee, a former College of Charleston baseball player who was a College of Charleston coach, lead to go coach baseball at Clemson, who, by the way, didn't have a great weekend, nor did our Gamecocks, is they were knocked out by Texas in the Texas sweep. Finished it off yesterday. So the Gamecocks seem to still have some work to do over at their camp. Uh, other than that, I mean, you, you start to kind of look around. There's a lot happening. Uh, congratulations going out to Sakafi. They won their preseason tournament over the weekend up on the Grand Strand. And how about Somerville? Going to the International Paper Company uh, tournament, the IP Classic, if you will, down there in Georgetown, knocking out Hartsville. And, I mean, Somerville looks to be really, 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 really good. Conway, by the way, they were also in action somewhere around the – uh, state of South Carolina, they went 5-0 and in their tournament. So it seems to me that there's a lot of great baseball played in high school. We'll talk about that as we get closer into and deeper into their season. Softball, of course, will be on the docket. We'll talk some soccer as well. But tonight, Eugene nailed it. We got wrestling in here coming in uh, with uh, a young man out of Northwestern, and that is Colleen Hearn, 6.30 guest, 7 o'clock. We're going to head over to Phillip Simmons with Coach Eric Vanden. And then 7.30, head coach Drew Morlow, South Florence, the Bruins, a team that I know very well, of course, uh, from my day. Justin Watts used to do some things over there on that campus. And his dad was, I believe, the coach in those days. And then at 8 o'clock, the ladies are represented by, of course, Miss Jayla. And that is Miss Jayla Williams, Bishop England, big-time basketball star. She's heading to Coker College in Hartsville when it's all said and done here in a few months. But she – has definitely paved the way for many young women coming up into the, into the conversation 
of basketball. And I got to tell you something, Coker's getting this young lady who is an amazing student athlete. We can't wait to have her on at 8 o'clock, Eugene. But, man, there's just so much going on. Baseball in the air in the major leagues. College, of course, in full stream. High school boys are getting after. I know the girls tonight, are. Uh, there's some softball games going around. It just, man, it was a great weekend. I stayed busy on Saturday with a lot of jobs uh, going around and things happening here with the radio and just odds and ends. But then Sunday, man, I did the one thing that I needed to do, disconnect from social media, and I went to the edge of America. For you guys that know, that's Folly Beach. And, boy, was it a beautiful Sunday afternoon down here in Charleston, man. I ended up finishing it up there on Shim Creek and uh, just a great, great weekend and can't wait to get all this other stuff underway here with our guests and all the conversations. Yeah, yesterday I was actually up in uh, north of Charlotte at uh, Mountain Island Charter High School. Um, was up uh, with some North Carolina, Virginia, and South Carolina kids with uh, Coach Horner. Uh, it was a great day of training. Uh, there was a bunch of guys from college ranks, uh, but uh, two of the Clemson kickers were represented. Uh, Gamecock kicker was there. Uh, some Wake Forest guys, uh, as well as NC State. So it was fun watching those guys do some things. That kind of the lunch break, watched uh, two um, guys buying for the NFL do their kind of combine, so to speak. Their, uh, I guess it was almost like a free agent type video. It was the Iowa kicker was there. Uh, another young man from Georgia State was there. Their kicker that just uh, graduated. Uh, looking to try to get that ticket to the big show. So that was kind of fun to watch those guys put together their, like, pre-camp uh, evaluations and videos. And uh, it's pretty fun chasing those balls down through the woods, man. Those guys got some big legs. But uh, that was really cool, man, to see some of those guys, you know, try to compete, you know, to get to that next level, to get to the show. And uh, it's very interesting. Coach Warner, you know, he just trained so many great guys, whether it be high school, college, and NFL. So it was a great experience for that. And, uh you know, piggyback something you just mentioned about Duke and uh, North Carolina. One of the words that came out a couple today, and I'll piggyback on that, was that uh, it looks like the recommendation is now coming down to open up what is the quiet period in the NCAA being June 1st. And that means uh, guys can take visits to colleges on their campus. Uh, the campus can host camps. Uh, but that being said, going back to Duke, word was, from the North Carolina athletic directors at a couple of high schools and principals there, the word they're getting is that the North Carolina schools is going to be up to the governor. And right now it looks like the governor is not going to allow camps and outside visitors coming in to the state of North Carolina. So if you have those North Carolina schools on your radar, you know, you might want to be careful, um, you know, booking them instead of someone else at this point. Uh, that said, you know, I told some folks earlier, I said, you know, don't give up on the North Carolina schools. Keep them on the keep them on the burner. You might just want to keep them to the back burner for now. Don't put all those eggs in those baskets if you have a dream of playing college ball in the state of North Carolina. Uh, if you want to camp, just uh, you know be mindful that you know you might want to schedule these other schools first, and then if something opens up, you know you can readjust your you know your, your travel plans and things like that. Because while the NCAA does open up things uh, a governor or, or someone like that can definitely say no fly zone when it comes to outside people coming on to in their state and on their campuses yeah i mean that's the thing guys do your due diligence do your homework do the things that you need to do because it is not only per state it's also i would imagine you know it's going to be per certain area region if you will so again 
just because it is okay here doesn't mean it is okay there. Again, track this thing like you would a hurricane. It, 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 again, it, it's going to have different effects in different areas. COVID has had that same feeling in and around the conversation. Uh, we'll wait. We'll see how that works out. Now, just to kind of give you an update, like I mentioned, the Gamecocks yesterday, by the way, losing 8-3, to 8-5, to five, excuse me, in Texas, finished the sweep for the Longhorns over the Gamecocks. And the Gamecocks that came in undefeated, looking great. Mark Kingston, I thought, you know, had everything ready to go, but still seems to have some work ahead of him. And, again, a few hits here and there makes it a different game. But that's what we love about the greatest game on dirt, baseball, and definitely college baseball. The Tigers of Clemson, nobody even knew this because they were so focused on basketball. How about North Carolina, 5-3? They sweep the Tigers, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the Citadel ends up winning over Davis in 8-4 uh, in, in the world of baseball. Other conversations that I saw, and I'm going to give Bobby – Harden, who does a great job here and just wrapped up his show. He does it every day here in the Low Country from 3 to 6, right over there on ESPN Radio. He actually had something on his Twitter page that he was giving credit to, I think, Sports Talk. Uh, they had mentioned that there could be conversations of a new coach in Columbia. Possibly Frank Martin could be looking at a new role in Columbia and not being a coach. So would they bring him in as something different? I'm not sure, Eugene, but Again, you and I, of course, uh, have some connections around the Gamecock clubhouse. But for me, you know, Frank Martin, we've learned this in high school, college, and other football conversations is that you can lose your job during COVID. You're seeing that even now. But do you think Frank Martin is at that point for the Gamecocks? I don't, man. You know, I mean, this is the guy that took South Carolina to its first ever Final Four. You kind of get a little – you get, I think you get a little extended pass, and I think South Carolina is looking at it this year. Uh, hopefully, that look, man, the guy has had COVID twice himself, the head coach, and uh, you know, just just like this year, like you said, Louisville. I mean, excuse me, um, Louisville didn't make the tournament. They're they're on that weird bubble that they get in if somebody else right. can't go. Uh, Duke is not in. Kentucky is not in. These are the most winningest teams in NCAA basketball history. And who just aren't playing this year because of, you know, they had players opt out. They had players, you know, couldn't play half the season or missed a bunch of key games, things like that. You know, I think this year is just a weird year. You know, Frank Martin has had not great seasons coming in. But, you know, unlike football, and people can say, well, you know, the, the athletic director sure did make a coaching change when it came to football. You know, there was a downward trend in football. And, and it just didn't seem like, you know, things were going better. And, you know, possibly most ADs have a, a folder in their desk of in case stuff happens, you know, we got a coach that, that that's on the hot thing that we think we can get in. I think that that may have been a key in it. Of course, you know, we haven't heard that from Coach Tanner, uh, but that may have been a key that, you know, Shane Beamer was willing to come in and maybe maybe there was some whispers that, you know, if the job opened up, he would take it. And they finally, you know, they figured maybe the iron was, was hot and take it. I don't see that with Frank Martin. I mean, yeah. If you want to go after a guy like Mike Boynton, if you've, you know, already heard the whispers, maybe an agent talked to an agent and said, you know, Mike Boynton would be willing to, quote, unquote, come home to the school he, he played at. But, you know, there was also a, a nasty investigation that kind of clouded over. Now, South Carolina was exonerated with that, and the coach, you know, Frank Martin was as well. Um, but, you know, there's just a lot. Of, it was a squirrely season for basketball, just like other sports. So I think in this case, you know, if if you look back and, and you say maybe that, um, you know, a coach like uh, Will Muschamp had taken South Carolina 
to that uh, BCS, you know, the Final Four a couple of years ago, you still might have given them a little extra leeway. But, you know, it just uh, when it comes to basketball, I think it's just different um, because, you know, recruiting is so much about relationships and long-time relationships, this, that, and the other. And I don't think South Carolina is a bad team. And they do have a good bit of the guys coming back and a lot of talent coming back. Um, I just, you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased because he's one of my favorite coaches, and I think he's just, you know, he's a hard worker and everything else. I I just don't think they move from Frank Martin unless a guy, like I said, Mike Bolton, who's very hot, has a great Oklahoma State team, has kind of let whispers be known that he'd be willing to come. Maybe a case like that. But other than that, I just, I don't see it, foresee it this year uh, going down that way. Now, of course, that was uh, some conversations yesterday. And this one, uh, again, uh, something we'll keep an eye on. The only team, by the way, in the big dance, if my numbers and my, my sight is right, is Clemson. Clemson, the only Palmetto team in the state of South Carolina represented in the big dance at this point. Uh, you know, so we'll wish the Tigers the best of luck going forward into the course uh, March Madness. Know it's going to be a blast for those guys uh, as uh, they'll be representing this uh this, of course, uh, exciting, exciting time of year for a lot of those who, again, remember last year, guys, this wasn't a conversation, right? Last year, we didn't have March Madness. So we promise you this, that there will be a lot of people watching this, enjoying this, and remembering what it was like this time last year of not even being in the conversation because it wasn't happening. It was just one of those things that uh, kind of just didn't happen. Now, the one thing that did happen, and this is going to break Eugene's heart, is the loss of a man who has done so much. And, of course, yesterday the news came out about Drew Brees as, uh, well, that's one saint that's not marching in. He's marching out. He did an incredible job, not only on the field but off the field. I thought he is a a huge role model in in many ways for many of those, not only in New Orleans but around just – the, the NFL spectrum, the, the entire world of football, just all that he has done in his time in the NFL. Uh, I personally thank him for all that he's done. Eugene, I know uh, you're a big Saints fan, so this had to be kind of a heavy hit for you, as I think you were the first to get on our social media page and put some things out. Yeah, not only that, he's my favorite player in the NFL, man. It's just, you know, my favorite team hosted my favorite player in Drew Brees and my favorite kicker. I'm a kicking guy. Uh, you know, he's still there, the kicker is, but, uh, you know, also my favorite, one of my favorite punters just got released after 14 years with the Saints. So, you know, uh, Sean Payton and, and the Saints organization, uh, you know, is probably looking at maybe some rebuilding now. You know, they've gone, they've made it some runs. They obviously won a Super Bowl. Uh, they've made some really tight runs. It's kind of ended on some very close things the past couple of years to make that big-time game. Um, but with the Panthers being kind of in the rebuild mode, Looks like the Falcons are in rebuild mode. You know, Tampa Bay just won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they have a quarterback that's uh, maybe in his last couple of years. We'll see. Uh, they do have a lot of veterans. Maybe, uh, you know, the Saints just look at it as, you know, if we're going to rebuild, uh, you know, with some key positions and things like that, let's do it now uh, while everybody else around us in our division seems to be doing either a similar thing or, or down a little bit. And uh, so maybe it kind of lessens the blow, but uh, it didn't lessen the blow to my heart, you know, seeing my favorite player retire. But he did go out in a big, uh, big way. It was awesome watching the video of his kids make the announcement there uh, on Instagram. It's kind of a sweet moment, bittersweet, so to speak, because, you know, while, you know, you support the guy and he'll do great things, he wants to stay in the community and keep doing great things for the city of New Orleans, one of my favorite cities. 
Um, you know, it is sad not seeing number nine, you know, uh, take the snaps for the Saints um, for the first time and gosh knows since about uh, 2008. But, um, you know, we move on. You know, I thought the same thing about Emmett Smith when he retired. You know, the same thing about Jerry Rice when he retired and Joe Montana. You know, you know, players can't play forever. And that's why we tell these young bucks and, and ladies when they come on the show in high school, you know, what's your plan? What you studying? What you want to? What you interested in? Because we all know you can't play the game forever. Uh, whatever that may be, whatever passion or job or career or whatever you got going on, because we know that one day, you know, you hang up the spikes or you hang up the the gym shorts or whatever it may be, and uh, go on to that new phase of life after the day that you know the sport's over. But uh, congratulations to the family you know, for, for getting dad back at home uh, more. But he is going to be doing, uh, I think it's NBC uh, for some of the NFL broadcasts. So he's not totally giving up the sport. He's just giving up the uh, everyday practice. But uh, as you know, it, you know, he's still going to be part of the game. He's such an insightful guy, such a great ambassador for the sport right. and for the city of New Orleans. So looking forward to the next phase, and we'll see where the uh, Saints go as far as the draft and free agency I know they're trying to free up some money now to do it. Yeah, no doubt. By the way, he was born on a legend. I mean, most legends are born on January the 15th, like myself and a few other big names on January the 15th. And he is right there with us, but born a year after me in 1979. But he finishes 15 years in the league, and he's got a total of 80,358 passing yards, passing completions with 7,142 Passing attempts, 10,551. And his percentage, well, it's pretty daggum good. It's 68%. That, my friends, is going to land him in the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And I can't wait for that. I know he's, again, like Eugene mentioned, he is not done yet. You will hear his voice. It'll just be in a booth. He'll be calling it just like you hear some of the great ones on the air. And I can't wait to hear his insight, right? I mean, to hear the way that he's going to break down the formations or the way he's going to talk about some of the other athletes in and around the NFL. Now, question is, who do they go after? What do they do? And I think this is like Eugene mentioned. He's a big-time Saints fan, so he'll see his team probably rebuild a little bit, maybe reload in certain areas. But, again, how much weaponry do they have around when you got a guy like him? And I say this to my Packer Nation. He is as important Aaron Rodgers is to the Packers is what I think you're going to see of course, uh, this guy right here, Drew Brees, is to the Saints because, again, he has missed very few games. He's been around for a long time. He did it the right way. And you never, again, you know, you don't get many chances to see Hall of Famers as much as we did with him and him play through pain and, and, and opportunities that he was given. That being said, let's take an opportunity to take a break because we got the bus heading up to Northwestern. That's right, with a wrestler. This is going to be coming up with Mr. Kaleem Hurd right out of this, guys. Let's do a little bit of Darius Rutgers on a beautiful Monday afternoon in Charleston, South Carolina.
toasted. We're gonna hang and have a little fun now. Flying high like we'll never come down. We're gonna go until we run out. Our beers in sunshine. Our bonfires in summertime. Back porch nights with South Carolina. Ain't nothing finer than me and my girl striking up a little lighter. But everybody's down and we're going crazy. Don't know how to fix it, but I think maybe turn on the good times. Turn off the TV. And my girl's striking up a little lighter Cause everybody's down and we're going crazy Don't know how to fix it, but I think, baby Turn on the good times, turn off the TV Yeah, the only BS I need is beers and sunshine For the utmost reports on sports of all sorts, let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Welcome, everybody. I'm Rich Yob, and the bus is pulled up there to Northwestern High School, and we've got in here with us right now. He is our Mr. North-South Wrestler 2021, bringing the heat with the rock introduction. It's Kaleem Hurd. What's going on, Mr. Hurd? How's your Monday afternoon, buddy? Doing good. How are you doing? We're doing great, man. Glad to have you with us. First of all, man, round of applause. Congratulations, man. What a... What a great season, man, and a season that, let's be honest, man, before you guys hit the mat, you guys didn't think it was going to happen, but not only did it happen, you guys got some rings and things to talk about heading into it, huh? Yes, sir. It went great in a short time, but we had fun in that uh, short time, and we really bonded as a team and made a lot of progress. Now, see, of course, you're a 5A wrestler of the year multiple state championships. I mean, my friend, you have left the legacy and a path that, quite frankly, comes with hard work, dedication, and determination. Yes, sir. Uh, that was the plan. Uh, try to get better every day. Um, you know, just try to do the best that you possibly can. And thankfully, I was lucky enough to uh, be able to make something out of wrestling for myself. Well, you're definitely doing it in style. You're representing the great state of South Carolina tonight. You're representing 
Southern Sports Central, and your home school over there at Northwestern as you are the 5A Wrestler of the Year with the course, like we mentioned, a lot of jewelry to go with it, young man. What what was it, man? Tell us about the preseason, the, the season before you guys actually got on the mat. What were some of the hardest things that you had to deal with before you even made it there onto the mat for the, your first match? Honestly, uh, getting in shape. Um, because of COVID and the gyms closing, a lot of wrestling clubs outside of high school were closed, so it was hard to stay in shape. But keeping the right mindset and – just keeping your body right, not eating too many of the wrong things, and, you know, just staying in shape. Uh, I feel like that was probably the hardest part, not only for me, but for a lot of people. So, thankfully, after getting in the room with Coach Bullware, uh he was able to get us all in shape and get us ready for our first match in good time. Hanging out right now virtually on the campus of Northwestern High School with a champion. We could have brought him in in anything. Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, The Rock. But tonight, it's all about Mr. Kaleem Hurd, who's got, well, a state championship here in the ring service here tonight. So uh, we are very excited about that. So let's talk about your next step, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about you and, and your classification for those who are getting introduced to you for the first time. And, and it's kind of give a background about who is Mr. Kaleem Hurd. Well, um, my name is Kaleem Hurd. I'm 17 years old. Um, I'm from Michigan. I started wrestling from a very young age. I was probably about five. Um, stuck with it for a long time. Um, I've had my brother who wrestled with me always gave me extra training, you know, just being at home instead of always being at practice. Um, I have always had a supportive family and uh big credit a lot to them. And, uh, Wrestling has always been a part of my life, and hopefully I do have a chance to wrestle uh, at the next level in college, and uh, I will be signing soon. So, you know, just uh, wrestling has been a big part of my life, and I'm thankful for it. Man, we're thankful for you as we have the class of 21 doing big things here on the 15th day of March. As he marches in here with his State championship things here on the show as we're live right now on the campus at Northwestern High School up there in Rock Vegas, Rock Hill, South Carolina with Kaleem Hurd, who, again, you hear the story there of him being from Michigan. Now, Michigan, you guys do some wrestling, man. So this is something that's been in your blood since the day I would imagine you were born, man. I know we take wrestling pretty serious here, but, man, it's a pretty big lifestyle in the state of Michigan, right? Yeah, it's up north. It's a whole lot bigger than down south, but Michigan is definitely a big place for wrestling, and it's uh, almost like football for us, but uh, wrestling is very big up north, especially in Michigan. So how long have you been here in the state of South Carolina, if you don't mind me asking, uh, Kaleem? And what brought you guys down here to uh, to, to wrestle and do your thing and, and, and put on these showcases in the Palmetto State? I have lived in South Carolina for five years. I had moved here because of uh, it's a lot more family here, and uh, it's a nice place, so nice home to be and a nice place to be around. Now, of course, you graduate this year, man, and I tell you what, again, for your class, by the way, my son graduates this year, and I told him the same thing and any other senior that comes across the airwaves with us here on Southern Sports Central. Man, let me tell you, 
when you guys, I don't say if, I say when you guys get through this and you graduate here in a few months, man, there's nothing that stops you guys from being great. I want you to understand that. You guys had everything thrown at you, especially your athletes, of, of staying on your studies because a lot of it was virtual, finding ways to stay in shape so you don't have to get in shape. And there you are just, quite frankly, doing it in style, winning a state championship. What, what part of that do you look forward to? In, in going to your next chapter that you look to carry with you, some of the things that you learned during this very weird and, and, and unfamiliar senior year that you guys are having? Uh, definitely probably don't take anything for granted because you never know how long anything's going to last. You know, uh, last year I was planning on going to nationals, uh, practicing, and then I believe it was probably like less than a week before nationals it all got taken away, everything was canceled. So uh, just going forward, make sure not take anything for granted and enjoy everything while I can. That's, that's going to be something big that I'll have to keep in mind. Hanging out on the campus, Northwestern High School up there, of course, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, with Colleen Hurd here tonight. He's a state champion, by the way. He is the 5A Wrestler of the Year. He is our Mr. All-American here on the show tonight in the wrestling field of Southern Sports Central, coming out of Michigan, wrestling big in the Palmetto State. How many rings do you have? Uh, is this your first? Is this, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Let's brag on yourself a little bit here. Uh, I actually have four rings. Um, <clears throat> I won freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and I won senior year. But um, my first three years was in the 4A qualification, and this year I was in 5A. So, um I did have four rings and four state titles in the state of South Carolina. Wow, look at that, man. Hey, look, just another day at the office for you, right? Four rings, four years. You did it in the 4A. You did it in the 5A. I mean, did, did you see all this happening? You come in as a freshman. You come in and you see it takes this, it takes that, and you did this and that, and here you are now with a legacy that you have left behind a, a, a path, if you will, of greatness that you've left behind up there at Northwestern, man. I mean, did you imagine this being the story that you wrote when it was all at the beginning of this thing in your freshman year? I mean, well, if I started at the beginning of my freshman year and then at the end winning out, I was very surprised. But then once I won and my time sophomore year came around, I knew that I had to work really hard to get to that four-time state champion. And, um, Ever since sophomore year, it's always been a goal, but I never exactly imagined how it would be. So I'm here now, and I, I'm really uh, thankful for it, and I really like the, uh, all the support and, you know, just I like the um, everything that it's brought. So thank you for that. Well, brother, you brought it here tonight on Southern Sports Central. He's got the ring. And I mean four of them in four years. He's accomplished four different rings, and he's done it in different classifications. And tonight he is, of course, our Mr. Everything when it comes to the world of wrestling here in the great state of South Carolina, the 5A Wrestler of the Year. He's also, of course, uh, doing it big on other levels here. But tonight we look forward to continuing the conversation of education with you, young man. Now, if you had a chance, you had a choice, have you narrowed it down to your schools? And when you go to school, when you get that education, and when you become a college graduate here in about four years, what are you going to major in? You said my major? Yeah, what are you looking to major when you get into the college level? Have you, have you narrowed any of that down yet? 
Yes, so I plan on getting a business a business management um, business management degree with a sports management minor. Wow, that's amazing! I love that aspect. Now, college wise, you said you're looking to make that commitment here soon, or the announcement. You know, talk to us about some of the colleges because again. You know, wrestling is it, – it's a little different than the baseball, the basketball, the football, right? I mean, you guys – you, you got to really kind of go in and peel back a lot of onions and look at a lot of things when it comes down to going to that right place that fits you guys in, in, in the scheme that these guys put together, correct? Yes, sir. So – So where are you uh, looking at? Have you narrowed down down these schools? So the college – well – I have three colleges that I was really interested in. I've probably been interested in them since probably like junior year, but Limestone University, the Citadel, and Garden Web have been the colleges I've been looking at the most, but um, I'm starting to narrow down all of my options and uh, seeing where has the best fit for me. So, um, I will be signing soon, and I'll make this decision pretty soon. Man, I tell you what, whoever gets you is getting you on the steel, brother, because I tell you what, what you have done on the on that wrestling mat is impressive, but some of the history that we've learned from you, what you do in your community, what you do in the schools that you're in during the regular season is just, quite frankly, as impressive as anything you've done on the mat. And remember, folks, this young man has won four state championships in four years, right? That's incredible. That is amazing, Umbung. Uh, amazing. Tell me a little story, man. Give me your best moment, because you got four state championship rings, so good luck with this one. Give me your best memory that you will always look back if you closed your eyes and you thought about Northwestern High School. Man, what comes to your mind first? Well, at Northwestern, since I've only been here for one year and such a short season because of COVID, the best memory at Northwestern would definitely be the state title besides you know making new friends because I feel like my teammates that I had this year really pushed me and made me a, a whole lot better in such a short period of time so my best memory at Northwestern would be winning the state title but my best wrestling memory in the last four years in South Carolina would probably be winning the 2019 Southern Slam Championship well it's not a championship it's a Southern Slam tournament and the reason why I say that is because Freshman year, I had lost in the finals, got second. Then my sophomore year, I had gotten third. Then my junior year, I ended up winning. But that tournament is just so much tougher than the state tournament, in my opinion, because you have wrestlers from North Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, Delaware, uh, I think Florida, maybe some other places. But it had a whole lot of competition. And I feel like that was the toughest tournament that I've been to in a long time so winning that was like a really big accomplishment for me and I felt like I worked so hard for that one so probably my best memory in the past four years was probably winning that tournament but the state titles are definitely overall probably the best thing Northwestern High School's very own, and that is Kaleem Hurd. He is the 5A Wrestler of the Year. This young man has got four state championship rings himself. He's done it in each year of his time during his chapter in high school. We're excited to have him in here with us tonight. I got to say something, man, with all the sports that we cover 
on this network uh, clean. To me, wrestling is one of those ones that, man, you guys are winners before you get to the mat, man. You got to cut weight. You got to make weight. You got to do this. You got to do that, man. It is the one of the most disciplined sports that you got to have hands down. And trust me, they talk about characters when nobody's watching. That doesn't fit anybody any better than wrestlers. Because when you guys go home, nobody's there to make sure that you're not pounding down some sweets or doing some of the things that you don't really need to do when it comes to making it to the weight class, right? Yes. Uh, so weight cuts is definitely something frustrating. But when you have a family and you come home and you see everybody else having a full meal or something that looks really good and then you just have to go sit in your room or something or, you know, just not being able to, you know, eat or do this or maybe if your friends are going out but you have to stay home and stay focused or just stay home and think about your match the next day, you know, just keeping focused all the time, especially with your diet and just keeping the right mentality all the time. It's definitely frustrating, but it's all worth it once you win. No doubt about it. You're definitely a winner in our book before you came on the show, before you hit the mat, brother. All that you do before you guys even even get to that mat, to me, man, again, it, it's got to be – it takes a different athlete to be an athlete on the wrestling mat, man. Now, tell me, what is your signature move? What is the one move that everybody on the side over there, your coaches know, uh-oh, uh-oh, Colleen's about to put that thing on, and, and then all of a sudden you put it down. What is that wrestling move that you're known for on the mat? Well, I don't know if I have a specific move, but I'm really good on my feet, and everyone says, watch for the speed, watch for the speed, but, you know, it's not nothing you can necessarily stop. But <laughs> I feel like that's something that's really helped me is my speed, and, uh, you know, I feel like that's my best quality when it comes to wrestling. So when you look at this, and, and let me ask you this, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten pretty familiar with wrestling. I spent a lot of time over at Somerville and, of course, the Green Wave. These guys do an incredible job of wrestling as well, with Coach Tug leading those young men and women over there. For, for when you look at this stuff, and I had a chance to watch you guys on the TV. I didn't get the trip up there with you all, but the high school league did a good job putting it on TV, and, and so we were able to watch you guys on many avenues. You know, when you look at it this year, wrestling this year, compared to all the – other years that you've wrestled and the rings you got before, what was a little bit different? Is it easier to have those fans in the stands or, or, or is it kind of you zone in, man, and you go, you know what time it is, you kind of check out of the, the, the outside area and you lock into the mat? Well, when you're on the mat, it doesn't matter where you are. Like, it doesn't matter if you're at the biggest coliseum with a um, crowd full of people or if you're just had a regular dual meet versus one team, and it's only kids' parents there. You know, once you step on the mat, it's, you know, it's go time. Like, you might hear things on the outside, but you know the only thing that matters is what your coaches are saying in the corner. But, you know, this year with no fans, it, it before the match, it seems like sometimes it feels like a little bit like, I won't say depressing, but just like it's no people here, you know. But, you know, it's hard to keep us safe because of the COVID uh, problems. But at State this year, it definitely wasn't as many people. You weren't even allowed to have your parents come this year. So it was basically just coaches and trainers. But this year, I felt like wasn't as fun when it comes to having as many, as much, as many people in the crowd. 
but once you're on the mat, it's just you, and you know you don't even hear anything once you're on the mat. So, um, I feel like this year with COVID and the fans, I felt like it was a good thing and a bad thing. But at the end of the day, still the same outcome. It doesn't matter what the fans are yelling or screaming. So, um, yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're screaming state champion, four-time state championship is live with us right now, coming to us virtually on the Southern Four Central bus up there at Northwestern High School. That is the one and only Mr. Kaleem Hurd here on Southern Sports Central tonight. Man, I want to say this one more time. We wish you nothing but the best of luck. We're proud of you. Thank you for all that you've done. For those who said it can't, you show them why they can. For those who say it might, well, you show them the way to get to the mics, to the cams, to the you did it, and now you look back at it and you get a chance. I could only imagine the family when you won that last state championship just a few weeks ago, man. What was it like uh, around the school? What was it like around your house and uh, around your community when you were able to get that four for four in your last four years there in high school? Well, first off, my my mom, she wasn't able to be there, but she was the first person that called me after, and, uh, you know, I got a little bit emotional at the moment. And then I had friends call me as soon as it happened, well, not as soon as it happened, but Shortly after I had him, I still the tournament, and, you know, um, I really enjoyed the support, and, you know, everyone kept on texting me, and just the congratulations and all the thoughts and support from, me to, from everyone was very special, and it was something that I really uh, enjoyed and thankful for. Well, man, I want to tell you one more time, I'll echo this on my behalf, Eugene, and, of course, all of us here on Southern Sports Central we're proud of you. We can't wait to hear where you're going to go. And the only promise we need from you is that when you make that announcement, man, you can either come on the air and you can do it live with us. We'd love to be that, uh, that place that you can send everybody to listen to you making that official announcement. We'll go big with it here on the show. Or if you don't do it that way, at least promise us you'll come back and tell us where you decided to take your talents to. All right. I'll try to uh, get that settled with my coach, and uh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, man, let's talk some more. I'll get Eugene to connect or one of our guys in our department to connect with you guys. But, again, for all that you've done, just to take away time here with us tonight, Kaleem, man, means the world to me, man. And I cannot wait to watch God use you in this next chapter, man. I tell you, winning one is an incredible factor. Winning four, man, that's unexplainable. You are definitely ready for the next step, my friend. But good luck, God bless, and congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. You got it, buddy. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, not one, two, or three. This young man's got him on all four fingers, like the four horsemen, if you will. That's Kaleem Hurd, the wrestler from Northwestern. Eugene, man, what a great young man. He's going to do great at whatever he's at. You know, anybody who can stay in the weight class that they're in and they can say no when it's easier to say yes to eating certain foods, and that, to me, that's the kind of employee that you want at your place. And quite frankly, I mean, he probably owns his own business when it's all said and done, but any of the schools that he mentioned would be a great place for this young man. But I think I'd like to see him at the Citadel. That puts him down here in our backyard. He's got that discipline. The Citadel does a pretty jam-up job in wrestling. Yeah, I think that'd be a good spot for him. Not that I'm telling them where to go, but love to see that opportunity for him to be down the road from the studio, Eugene. Yeah, I didn't hear where the third school was. Uh, did you hear the third school, Richie? I know you mentioned the Citadel Limestone. What was the third one? 
Let me ask him real quick. I, I believe, Kalima, are you still with this big guy? You mentioned the Citadel. You mentioned Lions. So what was the third school that you were looking at, buddy? The third school that I had interest in was Gardner-Webb University. Gardner-Webb, that's right. Yep, I thought okay, I, I was pretty so sure, but I wanted to make sure. So. <laughs> two out of three is going to be a bulldog if, if it's one of those three choices. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, all three have great programs. Uh, great and a great opportunity uh, for the education as well, uh, you know, and, and really none of the three are outside of a huge travel distance. So, you know, that huge family support he mentioned will be able to uh, come and cheer him on, uh, you know, on the mat. But, uh, yeah, you're right, buddy. Uh, you know, all those all those schools are amazing. Uh, to be able to have this opportunity uh, before you is an awesome opportunity to get that education, you know, to, you know, see where it takes you because, you know, with management and business, you can do a lot of things. You know, you mentioned the minor and sports as well. You know, who knows, man, you may find yourself uh, coaching one day uh, there with Coach Bullware and the staff or, or, you know, some other level. You know, we've, we've had so many coaches on our program, uh, and, and a lot of them just mentioned all these other coaches, whether it be their own high school programs, that gave them that first start in the business, whether it be coaching or doing something else and you know, you, you never know where life will take you. And it uh, sounds like, you know, Richie mentioned the discipline, uh, whether it be the diet or the workouts or the training and things like that. But uh, either either way you go, buddy, you got a, you got a home here with Southern Sports Central. We can't wait to follow you to that next step and throughout your career and even afterwards. And if you need, need a, an internship one day, we'd love to have you on here, man. You're a great interview. You speak very well. Uh, you're a great young man. I talked to Coach Bullware a couple times off the air. And um, talked to a buddy of yours you might know. Actually, yesterday I was in Charlotte with Kanoa Vincent. He plays football uh, for Northwestern. And it's actually his dad that helped link me up to um, to Coach Bullware to get you on the show. So, uh, you know, you got a big fan base, whether it be your family uh, and friends, but you also have some, some – uh, a big fan base here on the station. So if you're ever looking for an opportunity, come on and uh, try that sports management, maybe do some broadcasting with us. Uh, we'd love to have you on, big guy. So uh, we want to wish you well, wish you much success, and uh, we're definitely looking forward to that announcement. Well, hopefully we get that young man to come on here, Eugene. I know we'll work it out for uh, for us all of there. Uh, Coach Bullware, thank you very much for helping us get this young man. He's an incredible, an incredible young man. And, uh, hey, like Eugene said, great interview, did a great job breaking it down. You know, young man that, you know, his days uh, at Michigan. You know, again, there's a certain places that you grow up that certain sports are a little bigger than other places. Well, you don't get a whole lot bigger in wrestling, I think, than Michigan. And in that corridor, they do that and do it in style. It's kind of like what Friday Night Lights are here to here on uh, in the Palmetto, of course, uh, state. That's what you see in Michigan. These guys are, are big time. You know, I always think of – the Steiner brothers back in wrestling day, they wrestled at Michigan. And of course uh, they actually wrestled that wrestled. They ended up wrestling later for, uh, for Ted Turner down the street. But, you know, when, when you see guys like this, like this young man, who's got, you know, all of this, the accolades, he's got the resume. He's still humble. Not one time did you hear anything but that humbleness in him. You heard the passion in his conversation that he had with him. He did very well. And again, I want to thank Chris Bullware and anybody else who had a hand of getting this in. And again, Eugene, I put it out there. If he wants to come on the show and announce his official where he's going, we'll, we'll put him up some graphics and we'll let him go live on the air like we do. The football players, we'll open that up for him as well. And we will for all of you out there in the athletic world. If you want to ever just come on here, like we've had a couple of guys do that to go to Navy, to go to Georgia Tech. We've had a couple 
commit to uh, the University of South Carolina, Clemson. We've had some others who have announced that they were going certain places, so we'd love to have that door open for them around the state of South Carolina and maybe around the country. Again, I don't want to just limit it to, uh, to one as we try to help all. All right, guys, so we'll take a break here just a little bit because it's time to reset hour number one, heading to hour number two. We're going, well, to bring the bus back home, and we're heading across uh, east of the Cooper, if you will, as we're going to head over to Philip Simmons to uh, Coach Mendig as he'll be joining us here in uh, about 10, maybe yeah, a little bit, about seven minutes here in just a little while as he, of course, is on the other side of the uh, the Cooper River over there in the Mount Pleasant side of things with Philip Simmons doing some big things and can't wait to hear from him, guys. A quick break, come back. We'll do it all right here on Southern Sports Central. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central, on Twitter at SO Sports Central, and on the gram at Southern Sports Central as well. Guys, the heat is up. The weather is beautiful. It's March Madness, but it's a little summertime weather for us here on the broadcast. We'll be right back with hour number two. a bit of a break from the norm just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control it's cool to dance but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance give me a soft subtle mix and if it ain't broke then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past adjust the bass and let the alpine blast pop in my cd and let me run around and put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime But back then I didn't really know what it was But now I see what happened is The way that people respond to summer madness The weather is hot and girls are dressing less And checking out the fellas to tell them who's best Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos Or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's Back in Philly we be out in the park A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes she turned around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. And with a pen and pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime.
Southern Sports Central. Your source for all things sports. With your host, Richie Altman. Richie Altman. And Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons. I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men. And it's just beautiful. Coming in in style with that stone cold introduction. You know, we're heading and we're on the campus of Phillips Simmons High School with their head football coach. That is Coach Eric Vendig. Coach, welcome to the show. I appreciate you guys having me on. Man, I got to bring you in in style. I know it was a little lengthy intro. Of course, uh, the common bond of high school, man, that's uh, Marty Smith is one of the great ones, man. I almost every time I, I hear that song, I go back to my days in the 90s of playing high school football, man, and that's right on. I mean, those guys did a great, a jam-up job of putting that whole thing together, you know? Yeah, man, I was getting jacked up. <laughs> I was getting ready to go. I was about so, 30 on a Friday night. So, talking about, <laughs> talking about getting jacked up, man, you guys are definitely excited around the great state here of South Carolina. When we got the word about a month and so ago that, that spring ball is a thing, and it will be here in a few months after not having it last year, having that weird season, but at least we did get a season of uh, start and finish there. Uh, Coach, kind of tell us a little bit, man. Uh, give those around us a little update on what's happened on the campus over there at, uh, at Phillips Simmons, kind of preview, review, and do it all here with us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we got that word that we were going to be able to have spring ball. and I mean, I'm just – I was happy to get back to a little bit of normalcy, you know, to begin with, uh, you know, all the curveballs that every every kid and coach got thrown. So, to be able to kind of keep the, the yearly plan intact and have May, you know, earmarks for spring ball, that was huge for us. I mean, you know, we – school district is unbelievable. But, uh, you know, we have uh, – most of our varsity athletes lifting weights during the day. Um, and we're able to do some, some football things and some, 
in some meetings and, and, and get him in the weight room. So we've pretty much been going right since the end of the year there when we lost to Pelian in the first round of the playoffs. And, um, you know, we gave the kids a little break, you know, about a week or two uh, to kind of just decompress. And we did some of that end of the year stuff. And then we went right to it. And we've been, you know, training four days a week with our, uh, you know, varsity kids uh, in class. And then had a great, have a great middle school turnout, you know, four days a week, Monday through Thursday, um, ever since, you know, pretty much December. And uh, those kids have really been working hard. But, you know, we've got so many kids in the program, and it's you know, really starting to grow. And, 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 and it's, fun to, it's fun to watch, especially when I look back at where we started. Um, but we're, we're gearing up for, for spring ball. We got – this is week one of our last four-week cycle right before spring break. And, you know, and then we'll kind of, you know, change, change gears and get right in there to, uh, you know, spring practice mode. And, um, you know, then it's right on to the summertime, uh, you know, schedule that we have. And I uh, can't wait to get to – July 29th, hopefully if that stays the same, and we'll, you know, that'll be day one of uh, fall camp. Hanging out with the, of course, uh, Iron Horses of Phillips Simmons and their head ball coach over there, of course, is Coach Eric Bendig here on the show tonight with us on Southern Sports Central. Glad, as always, to have him in here and on the show here as he talks about hashtagging win the day, hashtag family, hashtag horsepower. Now, you guys, again, you're talking about building this thing from the bottom and and putting it to where it is here today, Coach, man, I'm very impressed of how you guys are doing it on and off the field. On the field, I see it happening. But the things I hear, the conversations I'm having over there with those involved in your program, man, you're doing it the right way, Coach. I cannot wait. Every year it seems like it just gets better and better and better, Coach Joe. Talk to us about that coaching staff that you've surrounded yourself by. Oh, man, you know, it was uh... – I've been blessed to, you know, to get the job and, and be able to kind of start it from the ground up. Well, I did start from the ground up over here with, uh, literally, um, <laughs> but you know, the coaching staff, I, I had a clean slate, you know, usually you come in and you kind of have, a uh, some guys that you have to get towards your, um, philosophy and you, you can bring in some new hires, but you know, it was a unique situation. I got to, you know, uh, with our AD at the time, I got to handpick, um, you know, our staff and, we have an unbelievable, you know, assistant head coach and defensive coordinator, great friend of mine, Alex Renner. Um, he was at, you know, Garrett Tech uh, and when, when we played against them back in the day. Then they, you know, that school closed down, so he was looking for a job, and we just happened to have an opening. So he's he's a great young talent um, that'll, you know, probably be in the mix for some head coaching jobs soon. I got another guy, Jelani Ellington, unbelievable guy. I coached him when I was at my first year at Hanahan. Um, he's, you know, every year I – and still kind of right now I kind of hold my breath to see, you know, when somebody's going to take him. Um, unbelievable family man. Uh, works his tail off every day. Uh, you know, I can't speak enough from him. Um, we actually got lucky. So uh, another guy that we got in uh, was coaching up in Pennsylvania at a college, and they canceled their season and canceled football. He was looking for a job. So we actually got a, a Coach McCulley uh, coaching our offensive line. He's down here now. Um, you know, because he during when COVID hit and, and they canceled their season, he was looking for a spot, and we we needed a good offensive line coach, and he is that for us for sure. Um, one of the guys that's uh, two guys that have been with us since day one, Coach Kevin Mingo does our running backs and calls our JV, um, and does a great job building our community. He lives on Daniel Island. He's a, been here with me since day one, and then uh, Coach Niles Clark uh, played collegially at NC State and is one of the best DBs coach. I've ever been around, and I've been around some good ones, um, but his attention to detail and the things that he does with those kids, the building camaraderie. Um, I'm blessed with a great staff. Uh, hired our uh, 
soccer coach to be our uh, kicking coach because I felt like that was something that we were missing out on. And he goes out and brings me uh, two of his soccer players. One of them just happens to be an all-state player. And he's, uh, I mean, one of the best I've seen as a 10th grader. He's raw as can be. So I got a great group of, uh, of guys there with us. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm blessed to be able to have them, uh, you know, in our corner every day. I tell you, we're blessed to have you in here with us tonight as we're on the campus at Phillips Sim and talking Iron Horse football with Coach Eric Bendig here tonight. Now, Coach, we talked about your coaches. Let's talk about you. Of course, not a long-time program, but a big-time program that you're putting on the map here, Coach. But before this school was the thought, you were doing your thing, Coach. So give us a background of where you came from and, and the history that landed you to this campus to do the great things that you're doing on Friday through through Friday, I guess you'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm I'm local. Uh, a lot of people uh, would joke about it. And in my ID, somehow it always comes up. I'm from uh, Wando High School. He always, uh, you know, it's a little inside joke, you know. Um, so I went there and played there for Coach Bob Hayes, unbelievable guy. A lot of people that know me know how close I am and uh, and how much he means to me. And, um, you know, he definitely helped mold my coaching career. But went off to play at uh, Presbyterian College and – you know, I tell a lot of our guys, I never heard of the school when I took my visit. I mean, I didn't even, I said, hey, I'm not going there. You know, this is too small. And then I realized that that was just, just about right for my for my talent levels, if you will. But uh, it was uh, an unbelievable experience. And I played for unbelievable people. Uh, coach Tommy Spangler, who's back there now as the head coach. Um, thought I was done with football, went off and uh, took a job in finance in Charlotte. I think I was on the Football Scoop website, you know, two days into that job. Um, you know, realizing that I made a huge mistake and not taking a restricted earnings job back as a PC when getting out of school. So spent a year doing that, came home. Um, my good friend Paige Wofford, who's a Northwestern's head coach, he had just uh, became the offensive coordinator at Hanahan, got me, got me into coaching, uh, you know, as, as a professional um, and, and made it a career of it. Uh, got a, my teaching degree while I was doing that, and then I spent the next six years at Wando High School working in various roles for uh, Coach Jimmy Noonan, who's now at Georgetown, um, and kind of worked my way up. Coach Noonan's a, a great guy. He, you know, he was very upfront with me saying that, you know, he was going to call the offensive plays. So if I wanted to branch out um, as an offensive guy, I needed to find a new spot um, to do that. And that led me to Ashley Ridge, where I had an unbelievable opportunity with great people. You know, Kenny Walker, I mean, unbelievable guy. B.J. Bellish, um, you know, Ray Wilson, all the guys, Brian Givens, head baseball coach over there. I mean, Ashley Ridge was a dream. You know, it just happened to be, um, you know, a short two-year time frame that I was there. Um, and working for Kenny and, 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 and great people had Stephen Duncan and his brother Matt, you know, two, two D1 quarterbacks to work with. That's not too bad to, to fall into. They made me look like a lot better coach than I am. <laughs> um, but my wife had taken a job of Phillips Simmons Elementary, um, they built the elementary and the middle school before they built the high school. And so kind of a funny story, when they started hiring for the high school, um, they, hi- you know, they, they hired our principal and they hired our athletic director, but they housed them in the shared elementary middle school building because that was, you know, where they didn't have a physical high school to work at. So when the job – they knew the job was open enough and we made some inroads and I, you know, talked to the right people and tried to get my name out there because it's only, like, you know, five minutes from my house. But um, she would walk by, you know, with her class and they'd hold up, like, Team Bendig signs and, you know, the interviewers were going on and she'd pop her head in and 
um, you know, make sure make sure that, uh, you know, my last name was the name they heard first, you know. And so she uh, she did a good job there. She I think she deserves probably most of the credit for me getting that job. Um, but, you know, then I got hired here um, and Berkeley County and Dorchester County, they, they worked great. They, they actually allowed me to, you know, get out of my teaching contract in Dorchester County and, and start work over here at uh, Philip Simmons because, I mean, it was hit the ground running from day one. So kind of in a nutshell, I guess, or a long, long-winded story, that's how I got here. But, um, you know, loving every minute of it. I mean, I'm blessed to be, I'm, I'm blessed to be here uh, at Philip Simmons. I tell you, we're blessed to have you here with us. By the way, uh, you know, our research department uh, reminding us that your wife actually was teacher of the year, what, two years ago. Uh, so, oh, yeah. uh, man, I tell you what, you guys Not- both putting in big things. And that's was it two years ago, Coach? Yeah, and then, you know, we didn't need any uh, awards to know who the best teacher in the house was. So, I mean, I'm glad, you know, she deserved <laughs> yeah. it. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it was a no-brainer for me. But uh, she's great. I mean, she's a great coach's wife, and thank God. She is because uh, there's some, as, as we know, there's some time put into these jobs, and she's great. Well, we hey, look, we appreciate the coaches. We're thankful for their wives, right, and or, or their husbands, because yeah. we get some of the female coaches in here as well. Because that's that's where that's where it all starts at home, and you, we we preach and teach it all day long. Coach, we are live, by the way, hanging out on the campus virtually over at Phillips Simmons on the other side of the Cooper River over there doing it big is Coach Eric Bendig. And, of course, it's all about the Iron Forces and the football program here on Southern Sports Central here at the top of Hour 2. You mentioned a couple of big names, Coach. Kenny Walker, love the guy, by the way. I got a chance to spend uh, the season with him this past year over at Fort Dorchester as he took an opportunity to come work for a guy who's a mentor of his. And that, of course, is, uh, is a guy that has done – Great things. And Coach Steve LaPrade over there. Now, of course, uh, B.J. Bellish is still hanging out over there at Ashley Ridge. I'm a big fan of B.J. Coached his baseball. Watched him coach his baseball team up to a state championship. And uh, the strength and conditioning coach over there. And, man, I tell you, Coach Hayes, Bob Hayes, is, is a guy who uh, now at Georgetown but has done a big thing over at, uh, at Wando in his days. And now we'll look to do that with the Bulldogs down in Georgetown. But those three names ring big bells here on Southern Sports Central. But – how much do you reach out to a guy like Bob Hayes and to Kenny Walker when it comes to the guys that you've kind of gone through, you know, their trials and tribulations with them? Oh, man. Um, when I was taking the job, it was pretty much all of them. You know, Kenny was involved right away. And, then, uh, you know, Bob and uh, Jimmy, I, I, I went to them. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I can't I, – probably multiple times a day, you know, Denny McDaniel, you know, Strapper head coach, he was another one that's just, you know, uh, an unbelievable ca- uh, character in my, in my past. And I, that basically those four guys, I just went to almost every day. Um, when I got the head coaching job, I mean, it was emails, text messages, calls, you know, visits to places around, the, around the state. Um, but I reached out to him a lot. Kenny was great, you know, cause I was at Ashley Ridge and, you know, he, we talked throughout the whole process. I mean, he was obviously my top reference right there. You know, he's my, he's my boss. And, uh, you know, I talked to him about the situations and there had been a couple other, you know, uh, coaching jobs that had come up, you know, come open in my time at Ashley Ridge. And he had kind of, you know, really given me, you know, the good pros and cons talk to everything. So he, uh, you know, it, it's constant, man. It's, it's text messages. It's, you know, reaching out to emails. Um, I can't, I can't stress enough that the coaching community, is unreal. Um, it's an open book. I mean, you pretty much can ask 
any guy around, you know, as long as you don't ask them for like, you know, their playbook and you know, those kinds of things. But you can, you can pretty much reach out to anybody. And I've had some great mentors and they've helped me get to where I am today. Um, but, you know, I owe a lot to Kenny. I owe a lot to um, Coach Hayes and, and, and Jimmy Noonan and those types of guys, Danny McDaniel. I mean, I've had some, had some great mentors and still do. I still call people left and right, you know, and call Coach Fiddler over there at Ashley Ridge, you know, a good bit. You know, I call BJ all the time. So, I mean, there's some good group, man. I, you know, I, I, can't, I can't say enough about the, you know, coaching fraternity and community here. Yeah, no doubt. You're talking about the fraternity. We mentioned a bunch of names. You, you mentioned Denny, of course, uh, Coach Fiddler over there at Ashley Ridge. And I want to say a correction. Bob Hayes, of course, was uh, the, the man that put so much into our community, not just on the campus at Wando, but also in the community of uh, Charleston in the state of South Carolina. He, of course, passed away. Uh, was the athletic director at Wando. Jimmy Noonan is uh, the former coach who's now down at Georgetown. I want to make sure that I clarify that. I do apologize for misspeaking there on uh, two great guys, by the way, both uh, Coach Noonan yeah. and, of course, uh, you know, Coach Hayes, what and all that he did. Uh, when, when you kind of look at things now, and you mentioned a ton of names that are on your staff, man, the, the young men have bought into your program. Coach, tell us a little bit about the kids that are graduating this year and or, or some of the kids that are going to be coming back in the new year of 21 as far as returning ballplayers. Yeah, you know, I, I feel, you know, I've been at some places where there's, you know, a good bit of history, you know, and, and, and Ashley Ridge, they were a newer school and still are in, in, in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, I was at Wanda, been around for, you know, 20, 30 years. It's, it's, it's a weird and, and an awesome feeling to basically be able to see these guys from the start. Um, you know, we had a great graduating class last year of kids that, that, you know, came in as sophomores and, and, and really bought into our program. But, you know, this is our first year kind of graduating those four-year guys. And, you know, we had some unbelievable kids. Um, Will Ramey, you know, signing to go to um, the Citadel. Just the guy that was there from day one. I don't ever remember missing a workout. Um, we had Luther Smalls, who we're still working with. Um, you know, he's going to be signing. He's got a couple different uh, offers. Um, you know, it's probably a whole other show's topic, but dealing right now with all the things that are going on with this class of 21 and, and signing, I mean, you know, it, it's just a different year. And, uh, you know, I, I hate it for these guys, but we're working through it. Um, Jackson Jordan was an unbelievable player for us. Uh, he's going to have a chance to sign out and play in college. So we still got a couple guys that were out there, um, you know, trying to find a nice home for them and trying to find the right home. Um, Tyler Harper, you know, he's going to graduate from our program. He was, you know, he – He's not the tallest and he's not the biggest, but his heart, you know, you, you hear a lot of people talk about those types of guys in your program. He was an unbelievable program guy, you know, left us with over 335 tackles, I think. So it's just that group that, you, you know, you, you hate seeing that group for the last time on the field. And I tried to tell him before we, you know, we got off the field, you know, at Pelion that unless you win the state title, usually your season doesn't end the way you want it to. You know, usually it ends in a loss and there's going to be uh, those tears and that, that kind of finite moment that you look past, you know, look through. And that's the toughest part of the job. Those are the times where it's, you know, they don't write a book about how you can, you know, help a, you know, 17 or 18 year old young man know that that might be the last time that he's, you know, putting the pads on. So the guys that have come in the, in, in the last two classes that we've had here, I mean, they're like we like we try to say they're just family. You know, they can call me, they can you know, they can text me or if they need something, references, all those kinds of things. Jobs one day, you know, those are the those are the types of things we like to hang our hat on here. Um, and and we've had two great groups. Now this year, you know, we've got 
we've got a guy coming back. You know, I'm really excited about Hunter Ramey. He's a long snapper, you know, pretty elite long snapper for, in the state. But he's, a, he's, got, he's got potential to be a, a really big force on the defensive side of the ball. He's been starting for us for a long time, pretty much since we started varsity. He's a strong kid. He works his tail off in the weight room. But he is, you know, he's going to have a lot of doors open for him because he's probably top one or two in the class. And he's fighting with our quarterback for that kind of that top valedictorian spot, Trip Williams, um, who's a heck of a baseball player too. But those two guys are definitely our senior leaders, you know, coming back. So we feel good about, um, you know, Trip and Hunter. And we got some really, you know, we, we didn't have one senior lineman. I don't know how the heck that happens, but we didn't have one senior lineman. So they're all coming back. And we got a great group led by uh, Abram Wright and Chris Doctor, two of our senior linemen. So um, I feel really good about this senior class coming up. But, uh, it's just nice to see these guys progress through four or five years of your program and really buy into to, to the to the things that you're trying to um, you know, put into their put into their lives in their day to day. So um, I could talk about those guys all the time, and you know would love to. But um, we've got a great group of kids and great group of coaches. No doubt, and all led by their head or head football coach, and that is of course uh, Coach Eric Bendig. He is the head football coach over there, Philip Simmons, and of course uh, the Iron Horses looking to have a big year in 21. But before we talk about that 21, let's talk about that quick class of 21. Coach, you know, you can coach them on the field. You can get them in the weight room. You can monitor their grade. But you guys, uh, as a coaches across the country, not just here in our low country or in the state, just across the country, are asked to do something, quite frankly, that no coach probably has seen at this point, and that is go against so many different odds and ends. You've got, of course, the transfer portal. You've got the dead period. You've got, you know, the kids that aren't leaving the college because they all had some free year right here. Of course, uh, you know, none of these young men were, were hit with a, uh, you know, with a, with an eligibility here because of uh, COVID. How have you uh, been able to help get these young men recognized in, in the power of social media, I would imagine, had to play a little bit of factor in some of it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that pretty much just answered the question in a nutshell. Um a lot of what has happened, I think, this time around is obviously we had to get creative, um, you know, a lot of Zoom meetings, you know, with coaches. Um, but what really came down to where I felt like, all right, you know, how, how can I help my guys the most is the relationships I've built with people. You know, I've got uh, great friends at the Citadel. I've got great friends at Presbyterian College. I've got great friends um, you know, at certain schools that might reach out to me uh, with another name, you know, uh, you know, Coach Swigert up at SC State. Uh, there's just guys that I've had to reach out to and been like, you know, hey, I've, I've got a guy in a normal year, he's a scholarship player, you know, and, 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 and he's going to, uh, with his fast some money, he's going to qualify for this amount of dollars. And, and you know, let's, let's try to get him, you know, a great home. And, you know, he'll work his tail off. And then, you know, when, we, when all, this all gets settled, he'll have a scholarship uh, opportunity because I know he's going to work. And those have been the types of things that we deal with. You know, if, you're, if your guy's not a D1, Clemson, Carolina, you know, uh, you know, North Carolina, East Carolina, those types of D1s, you're working really hard. Um, you have to to just get them out there. And we've used social media, a lot of DMs to people, um, a lot of emails. I mean, just so many emails and Zoom calls. Um, and like you said, the, the thing that kind of worries me is – the lack of the ability to kind of visit the football aspect of it on campus. Um, you know, we had Luther who, and, and Jackson who were really, really working to find a good home for it. They're doing Zoom and, you know, virtual meetings and, and kind of seeing the, the campuses that way. And this is a big deal for, you know, four to five years of your life to go out and, 
and make that decision kind of based off of, um, you know, what you look at on the Internet. And, I mean, you get a good look from it. You can kind of, you know, see on Zoom. You can definitely tell where the coaches are coming from. But that's been tough. Um, You know, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I've enjoyed having these kids still experience success with, with, you know, still getting recruited in this time frame. But it's definitely been hard for them and their families. And, you know, you can feel that. And you just got to be there for them and kind of tell them that, you know, it's almost like the college football landscape took like a year reset. You know, everything just kind of went on pause. If you didn't want to leave school, you didn't have to. If you didn't want to lose, you know, year eligibility, you didn't have to. And and we just kind of have to navigate through those waters and and take the best possible scenario that we can get right now. Luckily, it's turned out well for our guys, and I think it's going to turn out well for the last couple guys that we're trying to get out there. Um, But it's just been unique, and I think it opened up a lot of doors too that, you know, this Twitter Twitter machine is, is big. And, you know, you know, Getting that, getting in front of these college coaches. I mean, it's an easy way to do it. So you got to embrace it. You can't, you can't fight. You know, you can't fight it. You got to embrace the fact that social media is going to be here, and you got to use that to your advantage. Hanging out in an advantage here tonight for us is having the head coach all the way from Phillips Simmons. He runs the program over there with the Iron Horses, and the football program is Coach Eric Bending of Phillips Simmons and controlling. They're controllables. I think if there was ever a theme for coaches in 2020, 2021 is controlling the controllables, Coach. Uh, let me ask you the final thing before I talk to you quickly about the upcoming 21 season. You see all these new schools coming out, like Myrtle Beach Prep, like the prep school in Columbia and across the country, with the transfer portal becoming such a huge market. It's such a huge opportunity. Even Washington has hired a coach, and that's all he does is he manages the transfer portal. Is this a, a step in the direction that we've asked the other coaches that they see players start to go to these prep schools, learn the basics, and then jump into the transfer portal and, and again, kind of go in that routine? I mean, I really do. Um, you know, I've had a, a good relationship with the, uh, Coach Gordon at Palmetto Prep. Um, you know, he does a good job with not only Phenom Elite, but with Palmetto Prep. Um, Myrtle Beach uh, Prep that's come out, I, I've seen nothing but good things. You know, I mean, they got kind of – put on pause this year because of, of COVID and all the things they had to deal with too at their level. But I always tell our guys it's an option and, it, and it's a good option. I mean, it's one that I explored coming out of school. Um, you know, I got hurt in a little bit and I, you know, we, you know, me and my mom and my dad sat down and explored it a little bit. Um, but, you know, ultimately I was wanting to go to school and, and Presbyterian was the best choice. And we, we always put that option out there to um, our kids because it's definitely become more of a, a prevalent thing in our society. You know, that postgraduate, that, that, you know, that year that doesn't take away, um, I think it helps a lot of kids that might be fighting the, the battle of being home, you know, being away from home for the first time, you know, that maturity level. I mean, that, you know, there's nobody really to get you up at, you know, eight o'clock like mom does, you know, from your ninth grade to 12th grade year. They, they, they ain't there to get you up for those eight o'clock classes. That's what I try to tell them. Like that, that alarm clock is going to be a little different once you go off to school. So um, I think it's an option. I think it's a great option. And, you know, a lot of those programs that stick and stay, they do it for the right reason. I mean, they're there to get those kids into a big situation. No doubt, big situation here tonight, wrapping it up with the head football coach over at Phillips Simmons. And, of course, the Iron Horses are on the clock with their head football coach, Eric Bendig here. Coach, now, you saw a little bit of change last year with it only allowing two kids to get into the playoffs. I'm sure that's going to be something that the high school league is going to be talking about here in the upcoming months, as well as starting a little bit later, that being maybe after Labor Day. Your thoughts on what, as a coach, you would like to see going into 21? Did you enjoy the start after Labor Day? Like I remembered in the 90s we did. It wasn't much of a problem. Didn't have to worry about the wet bulb. But also didn't have a wet bulb back then either. But your thoughts right. in the 21 season, what would you do? 
<laughs> you know, yeah, I'm with you right there. I remember those days. Um, I, I like the late start, uh, you know, and I know it wasn't really like a choice we had. It was kind of the thing that led it. But I liked it. You know, it kind of it, it got you out of the, that that stuff you're talking about, that wet bulb thing. I mean, if you're not practicing from about 7 to 9 a.m. or from 6 to 8 at night, I mean, you're, you're going to hit it. You're going to have some sort of restriction. So I'm all for the way that we can do it as safe as possible. Um, as far as, you know, the expanded playoffs, like, listen, I, you know, I, I want our kids to play as many games as possible just because of the fact that, you know, and it said it in our, in the intro, um, you just want them to have as much experience and as much time that they can play. I mean, I, we just want as much time on the field. So mm. I've been in some schools where, you know, we've had some thin years here and there at some other places. I remember having to, to go up to, to Dutch Fork a couple of times back in the day. And, uh, you know, we kind of knew the outcome, but it was one of those things you love to have that one last ride with the, with the group um, and, and fight through it and fight through that adversary, you know, adversity one more time and get on the bus and travel a little bit um, before it was all said and done. So I'm kind of on the, you know, I actually talked to Coach Noon about this whole thing. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I, I love having – you know, as many teams make the playoffs as, as you know, as allows at 32, but I do see it. Uh, I do see, you know, the other side of it where, a, you know, a one-seeded team might go and, and face a team that, you know, they're beating pretty well and maybe somebody gets hurt. I mean, at those situations, you'd hate to see it, um, but I'm all for, you know, I, I said I'm all for the late start and as many games as we can play. That was basically what I sent back to Jimmy. He had a long questionnaire for us, and I just told him, I was like, I, you know, I don't know how much time I have to fill out this Google form here. But I'm going to tell you, I want as many games as possible and, you know, as many times with our kids as we possibly can. So, um, it, it's been it's been a keeping up with all that stuff in the high school league and the votes that they're having going on right now. I don't I don't envy a lot of people in those positions. But, uh, you know, I spoke my mind about, you know, wanting to play as many games as possible. And um, I think we can keep the playoffs as a, as a level that it's at now and, and start, you know, as close to, you know, that after Labor Day as we can to be able to get in our full season and not deal. I, you know, I, I'd hate to take away anybody from the North-South game. So, because um, that's, you know, those are great things too, so. Yeah, no doubt, Coach. I want to say on behalf of all of us, to you and your family, we're glad you guys are doing well. You're staying safe. We're talking football, talking about what it's going to be, what it, not, it might be. We know it's coming. And to be here for we know it. I want to thank your family for giving you some time to hang out with us tonight in your school. Did you, of course, uh, you get a chance here to represent on our show with Philip Simmons. And, of course, all of you and your iron horses that are going to be doing some great things. So uh, we'll catch up with you off the air. We're going to keep you with us uh, into the summer months because you got a lot more to cover with us. And we just want to say in advance, thanks for your time tonight and going forward and letting us be a part of your program as uh, we wait, we watch, and we get our popcorn ready for another season, of course, of uh, iron horse football. Yeah, man, Dad, thanks for having me. Thanks for all you guys are doing uh, for our kids. It's an unbelievable thing. Um, that you guys are doing. So I, and I appreciate that. You got it, buddy. Enjoy, Coach. God bless you, your family. And tell your, uh, your, your teacher of the year that we said thanks for all that she does in the classroom as well. I will. I think that banner's still hanging up somewhere in the house. So. <laughs> <laughs> she probably has a nice parking spot and everything. I can only imagine, Coach. <laughs> no doubt, man, no doubt. All right, buddy. God bless you. Take care. We'll talk to you next time, Coach. All right, thank you. All right, guys, there you go. The bus is now on the way to Flowtown. Florence, South Carolina, is going to be joining us here in just a little bit. And South Florence, the Bruins, don't go anywhere. We'll be live with their head football coach, Drew Marlowe, right out of this, guys. I get up, I get down, and I'm jumping around. 
rumpus and rockets are comfortable now Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow So I got an apartment across from the park Put quinoa in my fridge, still I'm not feeling great Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow Here we go Taxes are due. Do my password begin with a one or a two? Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. Metronome. Man, I'm up to something. Ooty la dee do, thank you all for coming. I hope you like the show, cause it's on a budget. So ooty la dee do, yeah. Come on, here we go, yeah. Come on, here we go. And Eugene Benton taking your calls at Coach Marlowe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Man, it's a pleasure, man. I got to throw a little of that dirt road anthem when I talk about my buddies up there in Florence, man, because I grew up in Sackett. Well, I grew up in Surfside. I went to Sackett, but we always played South Florence, man. We always played West Florence, and that that corridor of football up there, man, has always been some solid footballs from my 90s to even today, man. I know you guys are excited about the good things that are happening on your campus over there in South Florence. We really are. Yep, things are things are changing quickly, and um, we're uh, we're excited to be a part of it. So uh, let's get a little bit of history for those who are getting the opportunity to hear you for the first time, and it's going to be a longer than a, a, a thirty second interview, maybe up there on uh, WPDE or one of our great buddies up there at the uh, on the Grand Strand or up there, of course, where you guys are in the PD. But 
know, what landed you uh, on the campus at South Lawrence as the head football coach? Uh, give us a little bio, if you don't mind, Coach. Yeah, so I uh, came from, from Sumter, uh, where I coached at Sumter High for uh, 11 years prior uh, to me coming to South this past year. Um, had the opportunity to work for some, some really good guys there, Paul Sarles, uh, Reggie Kennedy, and, and Mark Barnes, who's the head coach there now. Um, was really able to, to grow in those 11 years. And, and for a number of those years, uh, we were in the same region uh, as South Lawrence and um, always kind of admired their program, always thought that they, uh, they had some, some talented athletes and um, just always thought that, that it would be a good job. And, and the job came open uh, last year, I guess, right around Thanksgiving and uh, applied for it and was, was fortunate enough to be offered the job. Now, of course, you, like a lot of coaches, you get the job, you get the opportunity, and then you're told, wait a minute, hold on a second. There's a change of plans as far as one-on-one contact with these young athletes. I mean, here you go as a head coach, and you're given one of the biggest, hardest, most distracting things you can, and the word COVID is a dirty word on this show, as I'm sure it is in many households. But, Coach, you you take it over, and and, and you're kind of limited in what you can do. What was it like? is you were trying to prepare for your season over there with the Bruins. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough year. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, Florence School District uh, and South Florence both did a, you know, a really great job in, in, in making the hiring process quick. I was actually able to come in uh, and begin working the week before Christmas. And so uh, I was there for a week, got out for Christmas break, and then came back for, I guess, you know, two and a half, three months or so. And so – you know, in that respect, I was very fortunate to at least be able to, you know, kind of establish, um, you know, the early stages of, of relationships with players and coaches um, and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, whenever we were initially let out of school for COVID, I, you know, I, I really thought that it would just be a week or two thing. I, I, I did not think that it would it would turn into what it did. Um, and that was difficult, you know, just because, you know, I, I I brought in several coaches this year, and, of course, they weren't in the building yet. The kids didn't know them, you know, and, and the coaching staff didn't know the kids. And so we were we were trying to have staff meetings, personnel meetings, talking about kids that, you know, a lot of these guys had never seen. I'd never really see, seen, you know, do anything football-related. Uh, we, we'd gotten to do some work in the weight room, and, you know, I was glad that I at least had somewhat of a, of a base knowledge of our kids and, and what to expect. But, yeah, you know, whenever we were finally able to get back, you know, to seeing the kids and, of course, small groups of only of only 10. But, you know, we, we really had to kind of scramble to, to get kids in, in the right position where, where we thought they would kind of help us best. And, and quite frankly, we, we kind of spent the first couple of weeks of the season trying to trying to get that right. Um, you know, it was a uh, it was a tough deal. You know, I really hated it uh, for for our seniors. Um, we didn't have many, um, but. For, for those we did have, uh, you know, I really hated that, you know, they didn't get, you know, a full spring, a full summer, and, and the chance to to be maybe as good as they could have been, you know, if we'd have had all those things. Um, not being able to be in the weight room really, really hurt us this year. Well, Coach, uh, as we're hanging out right now, virtually on the campus of South Florence and the Bruins with their head football coach, Drew Marlowe, here tonight talking about his Bruins and his weight program. Coach, I'm looking – at some videos as we speak now with the guys are just putting in that weight. You guys have done an incredible job before we talk about your football field. And, boy, oh, boy, is that a good-looking field of dreams before we even could talk about it. But it all starts in that weight room, Coach. And it seems like you've 
really done a great job with all the limitations of instilling the importance of putting in that work now so that come in, in October and November when you're still playing towards the playoffs, that's when it starts to kind of show. Can you talk about your weight program a little bit with us and, and how important you've made that to these young men? Yeah, so, you know, uh, you know, in my, in, in my mind, uh, that, that's, that's really the most important, you know, part of a football program. That's really the, the cornerstone for, for, for your success. Um, I think that, that the mentality that we want our kids to have is built uh, in the weight room. We, we want to be a tough uh, physically, uh, a very tough physical football team, and, and we really, you know, want to go out and physically dominate our opponents. Uh, we want to, you know, at the end of the game, I want the other team to, to look across and say, I don't want to play them again. Uh, and so we really kind of take that approach into the weight room and, and preparing our guys. Um, I was very fortunate to, to hire a, a strength coach. That was, you know, one of the things that, that, I, that I said that I wanted to do uh, when I took the job. And I was able to hire uh, Sean Armstrong, who had previous stops at AC Floor in Camden. Uh, he and I actually played uh, football together at Sumter. Uh, and he, he right now really and truly is, is the most important, you know, person in, in, in our entire football program. Right now the work that he's doing with our guys in the weight room uh, is great. We're seeing phenomenal gains just, you know, in the short time uh, that, that we've gotten um, that weight room renovation done. You know, uh, our superintendent, uh, Dr. O'Malley, is, is really, really committed um, to athletics. And, and making athletics an important aspect of, of what we're doing here in Florence. And, uh, you know, that, that weight room, if you've gotten to see any of it, speaks for itself. It was a tremendous mm-hmm. investment. Um, you know, basically, shortly after I got the job, uh, he told me to, to start getting in some quotes for, for what we wanted and what we needed. Uh, we sent it to him. He approved it. And uh, it got done, I guess, right, right, at, right around Thanksgiving uh, when we came back from Thanksgiving, we were able to get in there and start working some. Um, you know, we're still a little bit restricted as far as how many people we can get in there and all that kind of stuff. But uh, our kids are starting to buy in. Uh, they're really um, – I think they're starting to see uh, their bodies change. I think they're starting to feel themselves, you know, get stronger. And that, that develops the, the confidence to go out there and, and play hard on Friday night, you know. Uh, this past season, quite frankly, we were we were dominated uh, by by just about everybody we played. Everybody we played against was stronger than we were, uh, and so uh, I, I'm really looking forward to next year. You know, having a, a full year in the weight room. Uh, we've got a great feeding program going right now, where we're we're feeding our kids before school and after every workout. Um, on top of the two meals, you know, that they get to eat at school with breakfast and lunch, and so we're we're really investing a lot uh, in their bodies uh, to get them you know, bigger and stronger uh, so that so that we can build the type of football team that we really want to have. Um, but, you know, that, that whole deal was, was really, you know, being, being great in sports, it really is dependent on your administration. And, and our administration from the top down, from our superintendent to our principal to our athletic director, they're all committed to giving us what we need um, to put us in, in the best position possible to win on Friday nights. And uh, that weight room is is a is going to be a really big part of our success moving forward. Big success going forward on our show is with their head coach of South Florence, the Bruins head football coach, Drew Marlowe. He grew his days over at Sumter with the Gamecocks, if I'm not mistaken, Coach. Now, what year did you graduate from Sumter? I graduated in 2009. 
2009. You're talking about some studs on that staff and on that roster, man. I tell you, you know, uh, Coach Randy Gold was my football coach, and Coach Mark Roach was my baseball coach. So they all came from Sumter. I think we got your entire coaching staff back in the 90s. And they brought that Sumter mentality, which I'm sure you know some of the names I just mentioned. And it was a, it yep. was like a no-holds bar in the weight room, man. I mean, it was get after it or get out. And, and I know for a fact, without even having the chance to meet you yet, Coach, that you have that same Gamecock, Sumter, true and blue mentality when it comes to the weight room being one of the most fierce places that you need to make sure that you take control of early. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I – I, I can't, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to to have been a part of that program, both as a player uh, and as a coach. You know, for you know, really, I've been I've been a part of that program for the last 15 years, um, and I've been around it my whole life. You know, my my dad played at Sumter, and and so we're we're kind of a Sumter family, and you know, grew up, you know, when I was young, going to games and 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 watching some of those great teams, got to play on some of the great teams. And uh, coached some pretty great teams too. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to to have had the experience experiences that I've had um, coming from Sumter. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm excited to have you on our show. And I'm excited to see you still around uh, the PD area and doing some big things over there on this campus. Before we talk about your football field, family names mean big things in the course of high school football. You you think of many names across the low country, but of course, even up there, I remember Coach Watts was the name. And his son was Justin Watts, was a quarterback back in my day that was just one of those names that just you just was a household name in South Florence. Have you is Coach Watts around? Is he around the program at all? Do you lean on any of the former guys that kind of I would imagine still hang out in the same diner down the street? Uh, you know, I, I I have not met uh, Coach Watts yet. I do know his son, uh, his son Justin uh, at App State uh, mm-hmm. recruited. Uh, an offensive lineman that I had when I was at Sumter, and I, I brought him on his visit up to App State and got to know Coach Watts a little bit. And as a matter of fact, um, Justin Watts, the, the one that's at App State, he, he was the very first guy to call me after I got the job and just wished me well, and, and that meant a lot. Uh, I was actually driving uh, to Florence uh, on my way for the kind of the my first day there, and, and he gave me a call. So, you know, that meant a lot. He's a he's a great football coach, great guy. Um, and uh, so fortunate to, to have, you know, like you say, the kind of that name, that legacy as, as a part of, of this program. Now, of course, uh, Coach, you, you're doing your own thing and you're taking this program to the next level from the weight room to now this football field. Holy moly, Field of Dreams is just – it's not even close to how beautiful this thing looks. I mean, talk to us about the, 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 the opportunities and, and, and everything going forward when you see – the transition of what's happening on the campus in South Florence, it, it, it's quite amazing. It, it really is. You know, it, it's really, really exciting. Um, I think that, that the people in Florence, I, I'm not sure that they realize how fortunate they are. I mean, to, to have, you know, uh, to have a place where you play, you know, for so many years at three schools, share the stadium, it's, uh, it's not as, as, as great of an atmosphere, you know, when, when you share a stadium and it's not really your own. I think that, that having our own, you know, stadium on campus is going to be a, um, a tremendous asset to, to our program and, and should be something that, you know, a lot of people take a lot of pride on. Uh, it, 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 the, the field is phenomenal. Having a turf field is, is really a game changer. Um, it just as far as, you know, you don't have to worry about rain and maintenance and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, it's been a really cool process to watch too, you know, as they were, 
as they were putting down that turf field, it, it kind of hit me that, hey, I'm never going to have to cut this grass again. I'm never going to have to paint it again. And, and that was exciting for me. But um, it's really, really nice. And it's, it's, it's the best of the best. You know, I mean, we're, you know, from LED lights at the stadium to, you know, press boxes and field house and, and the turf field itself. You know, we've really, uh, everything that we've done is, is really first class. And it's, it's really exciting to kind of watch unfold. Uh, every day, you know, every day it changes a little bit, and um, we're excited to, to hopefully see it done here shortly. Man, I tell you, and you're exactly right. There's so many schools who I don't real, I don't think they realize how just important it is to have your own field. I mean, in Atlanta, I mean, we talked to Cedar Grove, and and they've got to share their stadiums. There are so many other places, just in South Carolina, that have had to share stadiums. So for you guys to see that happening, and other schools around our state finally getting the big picture, and that is to put the field on the campus. I remember even Conway back in the day used to play at Coastal, which it was cool. It was called the Graveyard, but now they play in their own backyard, and I kind of like it where it was, but I understand it. But that being said, Coach, you bring together a, a family-oriented, bonded group of young men together, but it starts at home. I see a picture on social media with your beautiful family there, led by, of course, your wife, and and just so many great things. The, the bond that you bring on this team, it all starts at home. Kind of talk about your amazing family and the support that you have that you're able to bring and pour that into this community over at South Lawrence. Yeah, so, you know, my 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 family has grown very, very quickly, a uh, little bit um, unusual. My wife and I were actually um, were foster parents uh, while we were in Sumter, and um, my little boy, uh, Mac, uh, we got him when he was six months old, and um, he was he was in our home. We fostered him for about two years uh, before we uh, eventually ended up adopting him. And then um, my little girl, uh, middle little girl Gracie, um, she we got her when she was six days old. We actually brought her home from the hospital um, and had her for about two fostered her for a little over two years actually before we eventually uh, adopted her just this past July. And then we have a biological child, uh, Mary-Kate, my youngest, um, who, who um, is, she'll be turning two here in a couple of months. Um, but uh, family is something that is very important to me. You know, I was, you know, very blessed to grow up uh, in, a, in a home uh, with a mom and a dad, which, um, you know, is, is not all that common anymore. Uh, I have three brothers and sisters. I'm the oldest of four. And so family has always been something that's important to me, and it's been uh, neat to watch, you know, my own family grow. Um, just kind of how that relates, you know, back into football. Uh, that was one of the first things I told the guys when I met them um, last December. Uh, I told them that we were going to be a family, that, um, that we were going to learn uh, through time to trust each other uh, and that we were going to, uh, be there for each other. I was going to be there for them. I expected them to be there for their teammates and that we were all going to be, you know, brothers. Um, and, you know, I think that as time has gone on, uh, the kids have become more comfortable with me, you know, uh, being able to trust me and, um, you know, me with them and, and them with their teammates. You know, I, we have four core values uh, as part of our football program, uh, self-discipline, accountability, toughness, and love. And, um, we talk about how each one of those four things kind of helps us in our journey. You know, I, I talk to them all the time about, you know, 
it, it's important for me to, you know, put them in a position to be the best football player they can possibly be. That, that's, that's, you know, my, that's my job, you know, that's what brings them a paycheck. But, but my desire is to, is for them to be better men uh, for having been a part of our football program when they leave. You know, I, I want to see them be great husbands and fathers and, you know, business leaders and employees, you know, whatever it is they do in their life, I want them to, to be better for being for having been a part of our program. And, and I really believe in those four core values. You know, those are kind of the four things that, that I took from, from my years of playing that, that coaches really poured into me and taught me and um, has helped me in, in my journey of being a husband and a father and, and now a coach um, and now a head football coach. You know, those, those four things are, are critical to be successful in football and in life. And, um, there are things we talk about all the time uh, with our kids. We really try to define those four core values and, and instill them and model them and, and really bring our kids along in their development over their four years uh, in our program. Well, I can tell you one thing, Coach, uh, you know, and we've, of course, uh, been very blessed. We have so many amazing coaches like yourself come in here. And of course, you know, you're all supported by your, your five-star you know, uh, cheerleaders, which are your wives there who put up with you during the wins and the losses and help you with the, the social medias and all the things that you can imagine that gets done, you know, behind the scenes. You guys have an amazing uh, staff there in your own house that you're able to kind of work through. So I want to say on behalf of us, thank you for all that you've done at this point. Now let's talk about the season coming up at 21, Coach, as you look to hopefully have a little bit of normalcy. I know everybody says that. Uh, very loosely and, and, and on their toes. But, you know, when we go through this process, you're going to get the spring practice back. That's huge. You can control a little bit more than you did this time last year. And then the season's going to kick off. Now, my question is, did you like it in the days after Labor Day or did you like it before? And then, of course, the playoff scenario. We want to keep it the same way or you want to do some changes? What do you like about it going forward, Coach? You know, honestly, uh I think as many teams as you can possibly get into the playoffs is is, is a good thing. Uh, I, I'm not really – I don't understand the, the argument for wanting to reduce the number of teams in the playoffs. Uh, I, I don't think that that's a good thing. I don't think that's good for high school football. I think that one of the unique things about high school football is is that, you know, it, it's kind of – it's all about getting into the playoffs. And then once you get in, you know, there's no telling what can happen. You know, I mean, just – having lived it, you know, in, in 2013, uh, when I was at Sumter, you know, we, we barely, barely snuck into the playoffs. We started the season two and five and uh, ended up ripping off seven wins in a row and went and played for a state championship. You know, w- once you get into the playoffs, there's no telling what can happen. There, there's a certain, you know, just kind of magic about it, man. You know, when, when I think about when I was in high school, that's what I remember. I remember those years. You know, I remember some of the regular season games, some of the, you know, great teams we played, but I really think about, you know, those playoff runs and, and just that kind of excitement of this, this winter go home and your back's against the wall every single week. Uh, so I, I am not in favor at all of cutting down the number of teams that go into the playoffs. As far as the start time, you know, as long as we can play 10 games, I'm happy. I, I really, you know, starting after Labor Day was fine. Um I kind of liked it personally the other way, though, when we played a couple games before Labor Day. Um, so if, if we go back to, you know, normal, I'd be very happy with that. But I am very, very much against um, cutting down the number of teams you, you get in the playoffs, especially, you know, in the region that we play in. I mean, we, 
we play in the toughest region in this state. Uh, I think I think somebody told me, and y'all can fact check me on this, I, I might not be 100% right, but I think somebody told me that 11 out of the last 12 years, um, a team from, from our region has played for a state championship. You know, obviously mostly Myrtle Beach and Hartsville, but um, throw in, uh, you know, North Myrtle Beach this past year, and um, and then you look at some of the teams that had played for a state championship. I mean, West Lawrence, Wilson, you know, those guys, they, they aren't any joke either. So um, I think it'd really be a shame, you know, especially in a region like ours to only take the top two teams. That that that, that doesn't make sense to me, and I, I don't think that'd be good for high school football. And Coach, I think you're exactly right on your numbers because it is one of the toughest regions uh, in the state of South Carolina. I mean, we talk about the SEC and other big-time conferences boy i tell you what you look at that 4a and you see that myrtle beach north myrtle beach florence you know it is a a gauntlet hartsville's in there there's so many other teams that are around that region that are just quite frankly it almost doesn't seem fair i i feel like you, you almost win the state championship for somewhat when you get out of that region with the crown i mean quite frankly so i, I would agree with you 100 percent, coach uh, i appreciate tonight your time i want to continue having you and your players on as we get ready for this new season. But I wanted to make sure that you came on and we got a chance to get to know you because I think it's important that our listeners know that you coaches do a lot more than just coach on the field. There's so much that happens off the field. And by the way, you've got a five-star family. We always like to hear about them as well. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you guys, you know, having me on, allowing me to talk about our program and, and appreciate all you guys are doing to, to, uh, you know, make high school football a big deal. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid that as time goes on, you know, things like high school football are starting to, to fade away. So anything we can do to, to keep making it a big deal um, is great. Appreciate what you guys are doing for the kids in, in the state. Well, Coach, anything we can do going forward, let us know. I can't wait. We're coming to your town. We're going to come check out this uh, this amazing stadium, get us some swag while we're there, and uh, get a chance to shake some hands, fist bump, or whatever the season, whatever it calls. If it's an elbow, whatever, we'll make sure that we catch up here shortly. Well, we'll hope it's a handshake, but uh, that sounds great. <laughs> All right, buddy. Small world, greatly appreciate you. Thank you again for your time, and thank you, uh, thank your wife for letting you hang out with us here for a few minutes tonight. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, guys, there you go. Top of hour two in the books. We're going to send you out with a little old school soon here. See if you know this one. We're right back, and we're heading to Bishop England, back to the low country with this young lady. Miss Williams will be joining us from the Bishop England basketball team right out of this break, guys. I don't understand. 
Welcome to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. at hour number three, and we're bringing her in in style. When you know the Ric Flair introductions in, that means the five-star guest has arrived at our prime time segment at 8 o'clock, and this young lady has left a legacy. She's built quite the history, and tonight she'll join us right now, right here on Southern Sports Central. We welcome in to Southern Sports Central right from Bishop England High School, and she has done an incredible job, Ms. Jay Williams. How's it going, Miss Williams? How's that Monday night treating you? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it's got to be going pretty good. We talked earlier. We talked a little bit about what some of the things we'd be uh, kind of getting into here tonight on the show. But uh, for those who are listening, and I tell you what, you have blown up social media. I mean, really, honestly, Twitter has gone off like a hot cake, and tonight you've got a lot of friends and family and a lot of those interested to hear What's on Miss Williams' mind here tonight? So for those who don't know you, introduce yourself. First name, last name, and the years that you played over there at Bishop England. My name is Dolly Williams, and I've played Bishop, I went to Bishop England, played basketball for Bishop England since my freshman year. Freshman year. So four and I'm a senior years this in, year. Ms. Williams. And you graduated. We got another class of 21 on. We started – on the wrestling mat, we're finishing up on the basketball court and two sports, and we didn't think we were even going to happen when it came down to the word. We don't use that kind of language on this show, young lady. You know the, the COVID conversation. We don't do that here. But, well, dude, we highlight guys and girls like yourself. And I tell you what, uh, you know, uh, I've had a chance to talk to your father. I've talked to some of your coaches. I've talked to a lot of your, uh, your, your teammates, those around the state. I mean, you have definitely – done an incredible job uh, leaving a, a, an incredible name behind here at the high school level. Uh, tell us about your time over there at Bishop England. I mean, the basketball program is something that we all can't wait to see take shape when it comes down to the winter sports. 
Yes, my experience at Bishop of England was, it was a good one. It's definitely going to be one to remember. And Coach Rooney always pushed, not only me, but the whole team, but me more since I'm going to be playing basketball in college. So he told me since day one when I was a freshman that he's going to be pushing me and pushing me. He's never going to let up because he knows that I have a lot of potential and I can do great things in the future. So playing basketball at Bishop England was such a blessing, and I know it will benefit me in the near future. No doubt. We were hanging out on the campus over there, of course, at Bishop England with one of the Badland Bishops here tonight. Of course, Jaya Williams joining us here tonight, talking about her, her time, her career, her span over there, of course, on uh, Daniels Island, which is where you can find this uh, five-star program where they do some big things in multiple sports. Of course, uh, you know, uh, Miss Williams, you've done it all in some over there at the high school level. Now, all four years, did you spend on the varsity level? Yes, sir, I did. How big a deal is that? Now, I was very fortunate to play baseball at, at, at the level from freshman year to senior year. It comes with a lot of responsibility, but it comes with a lot or trials and tribulations because everybody's kind of looking at you going, well, you're just a freshman. Well, then you became just a sophomore, a junior. Here you are now as a senior, and you have done everything I would hope that you would imagine that you could have done during your time over at Bishop England. Tell me, what was this journey like for four years of being a, a varsity athletic, you know, lettering your freshman year? It had to be a big deal. Um, it was good to be a role model for other teammates. I was young, I've been going to Bishop England basketball camp in the summer before I even got to high school. And Coach Rooney, you know, he was like, tell her to come to Bishop England. So I'm very glad that I went there. But when tryouts came my freshman year, I actually wasn't even going to try out for varsity. I was walking on the JV side, and Rooney stopped me and told me to come practice with varsity. So I was very nervous. You know, those other girls have been there before me, but I stepped in and it all worked out. Yeah, it's definitely worked out for this young lady. As of course, we're hanging out on the campus uh, for the first time in a while over there, of course, on Daniels Island, where we're uh, virtually with the bus pulled up over at Bishop England with the Battling Bishops' very own Miss Jaya Williams, basketball star here on our show here tonight. We want to thank her and her family for allowing us some time to speak with her here for a few minutes about her time, her career, her chapter in the life of uh, her class of 21, uh, it's hard to believe, right? It seemed like probably just yesterday. I can speak on behalf of my son that graduates this year, like you will as well. It seems like just yesterday my son was walking into high school. Here you are counting down the days that you walk out. But for you, you know, I can only imagine this is going to be kind of a bittersweet, but yet a day that you didn't think it was going to come quite so fast. Jaya, tell us uh, about the feelings as you walked off the court for the final time uh, this past, what, about a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, it definitely was a hard one. I can remember the last practice, you know, we practiced hard. And, you know, at the end, the coaches came to the seniors and hugged us and told told us, thank you for an amazing four years. And I kind of held it together until at the end of the practice when Coach Rooney called us into the huddle to talk. And I made eye contact with him and I started crying. So it was hard. Definitely going to miss high school basketball, but. We're going to talk about the rest of the blessing because it's only just begun for this young lady because she's going to play college basketball, but we're not there yet. We're going to talk a little bit more about this high school time. So uh, kind of tell us uh, the, the wins, the losses, the ups and downs in the last four years. Now, you guys, by the way, 
They did make it to the state championship this year. The lady of the Low Country did their thing here because I believe Wando, uh, you ladies, right, and uh, was an academic magnet or uh, military magnet. Actually, all three of your programs made it to the state championship representing the Low Country and the lower state in, in fashion. But that, uh, how many times have you made it to the state championship game, and, and do you add some rings along the way? We made it to the state championship two years, and we won it in 2019, and I actually have one ring. We fell short this year by six points to Keenan. And I tell you what, that Keenan team, very good. As you ladies were very good. I'll be honest with you, there's some of the fellas around the low country that didn't want anything that you guys were dribbling up and down the basketball court. I used to tell the guys all the time, I know some girls around the low country that I could put a dream team together, and it wouldn't take long to uh, hurt some feelings around the low country. But congratulations. That 2019, I, I got to be honest with you, whether you win one or, or, or you're able to win all four years, that one is going to always stick with you. And, you know, it's a bond that I'm sure that you can probably remember that feeling in 2019 when not only did you get the ring, but you got that opportunity to celebrate that state championship. Tell us about your four years and, and what was a, a certain moment that when you closed your eyes and you think about, this chapter in your life that God's given you these many blessings. But what is that one blessing that comes into your mind when you think about your days over at Bishop England? Um, it was definitely a blessing to play at Bishop England and be fortunate enough to win one ring. And even though we lost this year, it was still a blessing to be able to make it and play in the state championship because we worked all season for this. Even when COVID came, we didn't even think we were going to have a season. But when we found out, we immediately started working out, not like cardio and stuff. And then when we were able to get on the floor, we worked hard there too. So it was definitely a blessing that we were even able to have a season and to play basketball with all the COVID distractions and stuff. I tell you what, not a whole lot of distractions for the Lady Bishops over there. Bishop England and Daniel Donna, we're hanging out right now with one of their All-Americans over there. She is definitely going to be uh, a Hall of Famer in that book, and she's already won here on Southern Sports Central's page as well as Miss Jaya Williams joins us here all the way from Daniel's Island, hangs out on the Southern Sports Central bus here tonight with us and talks a lot about her history, her time, and her impression, her footprint that she made not only in basketball but just on the entire forefront of high school sports here in the state of South Carolina. They say it's a football state. I say it's a baseball state, and I would agree it's a basketball state. You've seen basketball become such a huge deal in our state. Jaya, since your first days of, of dribbling that basketball, I was talking to you about this earlier. And now this season, a lot different. You guys weren't able, you ladies weren't able to, to get in some of that preseason workout. Were you able to maybe travel around a little bit and maybe get some of the work in outside of the state, or did they have some things available for you guys and ladies during the summertime? Um, we weren't able to, but I um, would train with these two individuals in Mount Pleasant um, when I didn't have anything to do. I would go there and train for basketball to get me ready for my senior season. Now, of course, uh, that right there shows you the character. This is why we're going to change now, and, again, we'll, we'll now look at the future as it is almost here for you. In, in just a few months, uh, Mom, Dad, they're going to be pretty excited, but yet mixed emotions as their little girl is going to be heading to Coker, Coker College, and that's over there, of course, in Hartsville, South Carolina, uh, to play basketball. Now, 
Talk to us about this decision because I know you had some options, but this college seems to be the one that fit you the most and for many reasons. Why Coker College? Why did they get the service of Miss Williams to play on their court of uh, college basketball? Coker College had the best um, opportunity for me, and Bishop England is a small private school, and Coker College is also a small private school, so I think it'll all work out for me since I'm already going to a small private school. So. I'm excited for this because I can tell you something, guys. You heard a coach earlier, by the way. We had a coach from South Florence, and he talked about his days at PC and why a lot of people want to go to the, I would imagine, you know, the Lady Gamecocks, or maybe you want to go over here and play for UConn, or there's all these other programs. But i got to be honest with you. You're a household name. You're a family name at Coker College, and this is a place that will wrap their arms around you and yet help you not only on the athletic side but the academic side. So let's talk about the academics. What, what, what was it about this school that academically fit your answers and when, not if, but when you get that college degree, right, you're able to use it after you retire from the WNBA? I will be majoring in the finance management or business management field so one day I could have my own sports-like business and help other people around the world country and make a bigger name for myself. I just want to put on for the world country and help others that's going to soon be in my position playing basketball or any type of sport. I want to have a business, maybe like a training business, to help train kids in the world country when I get out of college. I love it. She's already talking about coming back, and she hadn't even left yet to give a part to the community that gave her so many great things. And I tell you what, like I mentioned earlier, the Low Country Premier Basketball, who follows us here on Southern Sports Central, a Low Country Premier Basketball desire to see female athletes have opportunities to play the game of basketball to skill and talent. Uh, they're a big supporter of you as well, along with many coaches uh, across the, uh, the, the Low Country that reached out to me that said, man, what a great opportunity to have such a great individual come on your show tonight. And i got to be honest with you, you know, this is a, a feather in my cap and an opportunity that I was – Looking forward to when uh, Mr. Otis Mack, who's a good friend of mine, and, of course, I believe a family member of yours, whose son plays football over at Fort Dorchester, uh, he reached out to me and said, man, you got to have this amazing young lady on your show. And I said, wait till her chapter's over, and then we're going to bring her in to recap not only where she's been but yet where she's going. So, for me, I, I ask you this question, the hopes and the dreams, I get it, and I want you to, to, to definitely make sure you when you get that degree that you keep pushing forward, but – is the goal to go into the WNBA and continue to play as long as you can play or maybe even travel across the, the seas to play in other countries? Yes, I think WNBA or NBA is always a kid's goal that plays basketball, but always have a plan B if plan A doesn't work out. So my plan B is to have my own own business and help others. But I will definitely still be playing basketball if I don't go pro or play overseas. We're hanging out right now with one of the great ones in the low country. She's left her mark in Blazing South from her freshman year to this senior season. She finished up on a state championship court during a season that we had no idea if it would start or finish, and it did for these young ladies in a state championship game against some really good ladies and Tina and, of course, Two great programs doing great things under the lights here in South Carolina. Of course, here tonight under our light, we've got Miss 
Jaya Williams, she, of course, comes all the way from Bishop England. The battling bishops on Daniel's Island will miss her dearly. Of course, fortunate for us, we're uh, going to keep her around. And when she's done in the WNBA and she's in here doing her, her, her career, we may end up getting her to run Southern Sports Central by then. Who knows what will happen for the future of all of us here as uh, this young lady is definitely is going to be great at whatever she does. Now, when you look at things – Coaching-wise, have you thought about that possibility as well as coming back? Because you'll have a college degree, so you could go back into the high school and you could actually teach and coach or, or what have you. But have you thought about that aspect of it as, as well? Because I would imagine not only are you a great player, but word on the street, you're a pretty good coach and a pretty good leader and mentor to some of the underclassmen over there at Bishop England. Um, I have thought about it. I thought about coaching, and my family has always told me that I would be a good coach or mentor or trainer. So I think I would come back and coach just to help other people get to where they want to be because I am a big people's person, and I love to help people and motivate them. And that's what we need more of you, no doubt about it. Now, how, how amazing is it for you? And, and, and to see, you know, the Lady Gamecocks, by the way, they, they got that number one pick. They're heading out of, uh, to Texas to, to host that bracket over there. But you see just ladies' basketball in general just really take off the way it's taken off. How, how amazing is that for you to see? And the opportunities, of course, the Olympics, they've, it's always been really a, a big sport for the United States. But for you to see basketball become what it is today and know that you're going to have an opportunity to now go to the next level. So there's only one more level past this one, and, and you've made it. How exciting is it to you to watch all this success in, in, in women's basketball? It's amazing. I think everybody deserves a chance. So it's, it's good to see everybody, you know, putting on for their city, doing this, doing what's best for them. So I think it's great. Now, how excited do you get when you see another little young lady or maybe even a young fella come up and you're able to just kind of shoot around at the court, maybe there in your neighborhood or just anywhere, and, and you see that future young lady that, that that was you years ago. That was you at seven or eight or nine or, heck, maybe even 12 or 13 years old. And, and, you, and I know this by talking to your father and knowing some of those close to you, that you have that huge heart, that you're able to just walk over there and have those conversations. How excited does that make you when you're able to go to a court around the, the town here in the low country or just to somewhere and, and, and just work with some youth that, that's here in our community? It's very exciting. Some of the kids in my community, you know, we go outside and play basketball, and they say that they want to be like me, but I always tell them that tell them <laughs> to be better than me and do better things because they are more than able to do what their heart desires. She's got four years, ladies and gentlemen. She got her first letter as a freshman, and she just wrapped up her senior season. She's got a ring. She's got a state championship runners-up. And to me, during the COVID season, that's just as good as being a champion in my book. I don't care what you say. When you can beat that letter, COVID, it's one of the biggest things in the biz here. We're live right now, of course, with Miss Jaya Williams. She is a battling bishop all the way from Bishop England on Daniels Island, and she has done an incredible job leaving a legacy, building – uh, the possibility and the reality that if you just put in the hard work today, that tomorrow and the day after will take care of itself. And she's done that because now she'll be going over to Coca College in Hartsville, South Carolina, to get her college education, play a little college basketball on her way to the WNBA. And, 
Again, Jai, we are so proud of you. We cannot wait to watch you do great things. And like I told you earlier off the air, you know, get, look forward to doing things like this because these conversations happen a lot more than they don't. When you're a college athlete, there's always somebody waiting to hear the response that you give when you come off the court. So you did a great job tonight. I told you I wouldn't keep you too long, but I wanted to give you a moment in the sun or on the air with us tonight because, you know, it's because of athletes like you that, that I do what I do here on, on the nights that we do our shows. And we're just very thankful that you felt comfortable enough to come on our show and to educate us, to entertain us, and to bring us your, your testimony, right? It's not just a story. It's a testimony of success that you've put together, and I cannot wait to watch what God does for you here in the next three to four to 20 years of your life going forward. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure. It's all ours. And, again, congratulations. Enjoy the rest of your senior year. I know it's kind of weird. No no pep rally. And I, I feel my heart goes out to you, athletes, to your senior year. This is a different season. But at the end of the day, enjoy every minute because I'm going to tell you, You'll turn around tomorrow, and it'll be a 20-year reunion that you're talking about that year that you guys won a state championship in 2019. So uh, embrace it. Enjoy it. God bless you, your family. Thank your, your your parents for allowing you to be a part of our show tonight. And We got better today thanks to you coming on our show. We appreciate it. Thank you, and God bless you, too. All right, guys, there you go. The ladies of uh, Bishop England have done great things and tonight they're represented in fashion by one and only and she leaves a a trailblazing just amazing testimony of success over there and that is miss jaya williams she is a big time basketball player heading to coker college cannot wait to see what she does at that next level guys we're going to take a break we'll recap a lot of this but when we do that of course we'll be open up the phone line so if you want to call in talk some Football, basketball, baseball, whatever's on your mind, tonight is your night. The rest of the show will be for the callers. Come on in. The number to reach out to us live on the air is 1-323-784-9681. Again, the number to call is 1-323-784-9681. Guys, don't forget, we are found right over there on Twitter at SO Sports Central, on Facebook at Southern Sports Central, and, of course, we can be found on, well, the Gram at Southern Sports Central as well, guys. A little bit more throwback here on a Monday afternoon on Southern Sports Central, guys. We'll be right back. Yeah. How- 
Now, back to Southern Sports Central. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And give us a call at 323-784-9681. Let's rejoin Richie and Eugene on Southern Sports Central. Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie Alvin alongside Eugene Benton. Taking your calls, 323-784-9681. Again, 323-784-9681. want to thank uh, the young lady who just joined us here on the show, of course, with Ms. Jai Williams. She is a battling bishop from Bishop, England. The big school over there on Daniels Island. They do some big-time sports, and her sport, of course, is basketball where she uh, lit it up for four years as a freshman all the way to her senior year. Now she'll be heading to Coker College to do her thing over there on that campus. And I got to believe the good Lord above is going to send her to the WNBA because if you ever seen a basketball player play some solid basketball, you would be explaining that young lady. She does an incredible job. And, you know, Eugene, the fun part of that whole deal is that between her being class of 21 and, of course, over at Bishop England. And, of course, we also had all the way at Northwestern, which is in Rock Hill, South Carolina, right on the border of North and South Carolina from Northwestern, Colleen Hurd, who is also a four-year starter in his sport of wrestling. Both of these individuals are class of 21, man. So we started, we ended, and in the middle we had some great coaches. It just made another – four-star or five-star coaches, five-star show with all these amazing guests coming through for three hours. Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, whether it be the athletes or the coaches, it's just such a great opportunity to not only learn about, you know, what made them who they are, but, you know, the trials and tribulations they've gone through, the experiences they had, whether it was a coach that, you know, got their start as, you know, hey, I started out in, you know, the corporate world and and then decided, you know, hey, you know, I really miss the game. I really miss the sport and I want to give back, you know, and Coach Bendig talked about that as well, uh, you know, and, and trying that corporate world for the first year and just missing the game and wanting to give back to the kids and, and be a coach and be a leader, you know, uh, and just like Coach Marlowe who spent, what was it, uh, 10, 11 years at Sumter and just had that opportunity open up and just said, you know, I admire that program. I want to go do something. I want to, I want to be a part of something and build something. And now they have these wonderful facilities, and, and that's growing as well. And, and to hear these young athletes, you know, the young man, uh, uh, Mr. DeLille, who moved in uh, from Michigan five years ago and, and started wrestling in the state of South Carolina. You know, he had been wrestling from a little kid who came in and won state titles as a 4A guy now 5A with uh, Northwestern, and, and to hear Miss Williams, you know, to come in and say, you know, I play basketball in the community, and all these kids look up to me, and I tell them, you know, don't be me. Be better than me. That is such – she's so mature. Mm. And, and, and both athletes that were featured on tonight, the high school kids, were so mature about, uh, really beyond their years. And, and the discipline and the character development, you know, it says a lot to the – to their parents, their family, their community, the coaches that bought into those uh, young athletes and kind of trained them up 
to just who they are. And it was such a great opportunity, you know, just to hear and learn about who they are, what made them, you know, so successful. And the fact that, you know, everybody, you know, a lot of these successful people want to turn their God-given talents. You know, there's a verse that says, to whom much is given, much is expected. And they are more than, (laughs) you know, they're carrying that torch more than we can even fathom. You know, I, I can look back to my 17-year-old self, and I was a knucklehead compared to these uh, young athletes. You know, they're mature beyond their days for sure. Right. Without social media, by the way. We didn't have social media. <laughs> these young guys and girls, they got the World Wide Web, and it took 30 minutes for us to get the web, right? It was that whole, you know, that whole, by the time it finally came through, you're like, you know what? I don't care. I'm done with this. I'm down the street, you know, the street lights about to come on. I, I got to get some time outside. But these young athletes are right. They live in a right now society moment. And, and you know, we heard Frank Martin. And again, you know, he has left us with so many gems and, 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 and just conversations that he's had with us here and, and just conversations he's had with multimedia guys around the country. And those are the things that I love about our coaches across the country that they are, they're so much deeper. The athletes are so much wiser. There's just so much that we are able to platform here on Southern Sports Central to bring our listeners. Because, again, you hear from these athletes in a 30-second blurb, or you read it in a little article with a quote, but here you get a chance to hear that this coach, who's all the way coming in here, by the way, from Philip Simmons, he, well, grew up right over in that same area. He went to Wando. He played for a legendary coach. He had a legendary athletic director who then went and, you know, learn from some of the best around the business. Not only did he play for one, then he got to go be around the Kenny Walkers of the world. You know, he mentioned so many guys' names right here on the show where he talked about Coach Denny McDaniel. He talked about Shane Fiddler. You know, he's got some great coaches on his staff. And then you got to learn a little bit about, you know, the coach from South Farms, Coach Marlowe, who is a foster parent. And his picture of his family, what a beautiful family. What a beautiful family and his dedication to to God and to his dedication to to being a family man. And that's where he's got to win first. And then he goes wins at the high school or the weight room or wherever he goes. And that, to me, those are the big things. Then we go back to the wrestling ring. And we get a chance to catch up with this young man who's got four state championship rings. I don't care where you wrestle, where you play, what you do. If you got four rings, then, brother, you got a Ph.D. in how to kick butt and be a champion. That's what you did, and that's awesome. And, Kaleem Heard, I heard you. You did a great job in four years, all the way out of Michigan down to the state of South Carolina. And then we end up on the campus of Bishop England with Jaya Williams, who her numbers are incredible. You can read those numbers in a paper. But I wanted people tonight to get to know who this young lady was because I think I know without a shadow of a doubt she is going to be a huge impact not only in the low country, but in the great state of South Carolina, representing us in ways that we don't even imagine yet that God's going to put her in place. And I think it's going to be big. Already, as Eugene, you mentioned telling a young athlete, don't be me, be better than me, be bigger than me. Be, be that person that, that, that is setting the next goal for the next person. And then you know you can hear it in her voice, her throat, I just want to give back. She hasn't even left yet. And she's already wanting to come back and give back. That shows you where she comes from. I've had a chance to get to meet her dad, and I had the conversation. So, you know, am I surprised on the interview tonight? Not at all. You know, and the fun part is preparing these young athletes. 
Because, guys, I'm going to tell you what, not all the athletes, while they're great on their stage, this isn't their stage. Not all of these athletes are, are going to come in here ready to roll. Some of them, they a little shy. But for some way, somehow, like I shared with Miss Williams, they could stand out there in a free throw with 1,000 people in a gym and a state championship in 2019 and drain seven of them in a row in front of how many people? Everybody watching. But you come on here, and it's a different conversation. It's a different scheme of things. It's a different venue. So for me, I get the chance for many of them to have that conversation because I tell them all the time, at the end of the day, and I don't really like that term, by the way, but when it's all said and done, however you want to put it and phrase, they will either interview with a reporter or they will interview with a job, but they will interview. And I want this platform to be that platform that they look back and say, you know what? When my boys over at Southern Sports Central put me on the air, it prepared me to go anywhere, do anything at any time and talk to anybody. The biggest, the biggest phone call I get is when an athlete calls me, and I'm not going to name drop some of the big ones that have called me and thanked me for putting them on this radio show in the last 12 years, 13 years, prepare them for that college coach that's called them, and they weren't even nervous because they had done it so many times on here. Or is whoever has to them about what they need to do. That, to me, shows how far our broadcast has come. That shows me how good we are and what we are doing is do, we're doing it the right way. And, 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 again, you know, when you get a chance to meet the coaches and the players, that's the reason that we do what we do. Yeah, look, I can read. You know, I tell people all the time on the show, I try to treat this show like, I feel when I go to church, I don't want you to read me the Bible. I want you to teach me the Bible. I can read at home. So when you come in here and you give me three hours of your time for the first time or many times, I want to educate you, entertain you, and throw a little sarcasm in the mix while we're doing it. And I feel like we do a pretty good job with all of those categories that we try to push. And to hear the passion of our athletes, the passion of our mentors and our broadcasters and our, and our colleagues that do what we do and the coaches that do what they do. And to me, Eugene, that's, that's why we're here on a Monday night. And by the way, program note, we will be back live on Thursday, okay? We have moved it from Monday to Thursday to give a couple of days in between because we're going to be getting some other things in between there that put together. But I want to say this, is that it's just going to get better and better. We've got our department that puts together these guests. We've got a department that puts together all the – all, all the media stuff there on social media. You know, of course, uh, myself, Eugene, Everett Sands. You'll hear him tomorrow night, by the way. If you haven't heard, <laughs> you're missing out. Everett does an incredible job with putting together a four-style guest list that's as good as anywhere you'll go. And he touches all the cylinders. He's teaching you how to economically, physically, mentally do what you need to do to be where you need to be. Great show by the West Foundation Sports Show, which, by the way, back up and running with their camp coming up in a few months. We'll be there for that one. That'll be a fun time. And then, of course, Friday morning, Brandon Biscobing, he does it out of the Grand Strand. Sports Unlimited does a phenomenal job. He's also the voice of the basketball team at North Myrtle Beach, the football program. He does it, of course, at Carolina Forest. But so much happening around, we do want to – Again, you know, thank you guys for your support, your listening. If you're on Twitter, follow us at Southern Sports Central, SA Sports Central. Find us over there on Facebook and do that as well. 
We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, Eugene. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Lady Gamecocks. How about that? The Lady Gamecocks with some sad news with Keyshawn Johnson and his family. We'll, we'll talk briefly about that as well, guys. Don't go anywhere. It is Southern Sports Central doing what we do here on a Monday night, guys. Southern Sports Central. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And give us a call at 323-784-9681. Let's rejoin Richie and Eugene on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back, everybody. Rich Yelmer, Eugene Benton, Southern Sports Central. Going to be alive here in the Southern Sports Central studios. Some more basketball news coming out of uh, the ladies. How about San Antonio 
The Gamecocks are bound to head over that way. They are the number one seed in the NCAA tournament path. That's going to be big news for Don Staley. Of course, uh, you know, Don Staley, no stranger to being in a big-time place, in a big-time situation. Now, the South Carolina women's basketball is headed back to the NCAA for the first time since their national championship run in 2017. Let's just be honest. They got snubbed last year, thanks to COVID, because I felt like that team easily, easily could have won a national title, but they will be the number one seed. The full bracket, of course, of the NCAA tournament was revealed uh, just moments ago uh, on ESPN, and USC will open its bid for the third Final Four and its second national title on Sunday, March 21st, playing number 16, Mercer. The broadcast will be over there on the four-letter network on ESPN. Now, you should. Uh, they win. They'll play the winner of the number eight Oregon State team or the number nine Florida team. Look up there, Eugene, your Gators. Getting some conversation here. Also included in the region is number two, Maryland. Good basketball there. Number three, UCLA. And number four, seeded by God, West Virginia. Now, of course, Don Staley was quoted here in this conversation, quote, no matter who you play, you're going to have to play, and it's the first round. It's the second round. As you advance into the tournament, it gets harder and harder, no matter if it's parity field or not. It's just harder. Because Don Staley goes on to say, your permission is the same as just it seems like it's always an uphill battle for us anyway. So we'll look at it that way no matter who we're playing. We're not in, we're, we got an uphill battle that we feel really good about. We control our own destiny. If we don't beat ourselves, I like what we're doing out there on the floor. End quote. Of course, that's the head coach of the Lady Gamecocks, who, Eugene, you see they're heading back to the dance as well. Again, we're not surprised. They were number one through most a good bit of the season. Uh, They've been stunned very few. But, again, you know, we go back to zero, just like in the men's, and uh, we look forward to seeing where Clemson's going to represent the boys in the state of South Carolina. The Lady Gamecocks are going to do the same in the ladies' bracket of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, like you said, it's it's a chance for another uh, national title. I know last year the Gamecocks were really the favorite to win the national title. So, uh, you know, it's going to be on those ladies this year. They've had some – you know, some challenges this year that they're not used to having. You know, they I watched that UConn game, and they played it close and lost that game. They played a very close game to NC State and, and lost that game, I believe it was NC State. And one more in the SEC, I believe it was either Georgia or, or LSU, one of those. And, uh, you know, so this year it's a little different, not quite as dominant uh, nationwide as they were last year. And, and I know a lot of people – uh, you know, Don included, thought maybe, you know, last year was a great chance to win that state, that national title. and It was kind of taken away from them, and people were out there on, on social media kind of donning them, the national title team from last year. But, you know, here's a chance to go out and prove it, uh, you know, and they do get the one seed. That's, a, you know, a coveted spot. They'll be on the road. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting. It'll be definitely uh, a, a fun team to watch. You know, they just really have so much excitement. You know, Coach Staley is very uh, big and strong and powerful when it comes to social media and putting things out. Uh, it's fun to watch those girls. You know, they've been putting out a lot of videos. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, didn't didn't even expect them to win the SEC championship this year. Georgia had such a great team. 
and that was a very, very close game. I watched most of it. You know, they, they actually got down in that game. They battled back and then held on there in a very tight matchup at the end to win the SEC title. They've won a bunch of them, I think five out of the last six SEC titles. You know, they beat a Tennessee team that, you know, maybe not be the Tennessee of old when Pat Summit was running the show, but it's still Tennessee women's basketball, kind of like the Kentucky of men's and Duke and, and those teams. But, you know, for the people on the outside looking in, if you look back to the last 10 years or so, uh, South Carolina women's basketball kind of is that Duke and Kentucky now. Everybody right. puts them on the radar. Everybody knows that's a big-time matchup. You know, and, and there's a reason that South Carolina versus UConn, they're not in the same conference, not even really in the same geographical area. But every year they kind of schedule that either home and home or one one team gets the home, one team gets away, the, you know, kind of thing. And there's a reason they put that matchup on because everybody knows the best of the best. That's a big-time game. It's a big time for ratings. And this year – You know, it was super close. It came down to the wire again. So, you know, the team is battle-tested. We'll see what they do in the tournament. But, you know, Coach Staley always puts forth a big effort. You know, it's it's almost like a disappointment if they don't win the national title. So that's how you know you've you've kind of arrived as a program, kind of like Alabama in football. If they don't win the national championship, it's almost a disappointment. In South Carolina, what Don Staley's put together is very similar to that. Yeah, no doubt there. Now, the other news coming out of the NCAA, six NCAA tournament referees ruled out due to COVID-19 protocols. Six college basketball top officials, by the way, for the NCAA tournament coming up included Ted Valentine, John Higgins, and Roger Ayers have all been removed from the NCAA tournament due to positive positive COVID-19 testing resulting in contact tracing. That's a word we don't like around here, uh, involving the uh, involving others. Now, the NCAA brought 60 officials instead of the normal 100 to the Indianapolis to work the NCAA tournament during the March Madness. One of the protocols is place was that the referees were not allowed to leave the hotel once they arrived unless it was to go to the arena. Now, the referees were told to arrive by Sunday night and check into their hotels. But multiple officials uh, said that they, the rooms weren't ready upon their request or upon their arrival, excuse me, nor was any food. Instead of having the officials wait in a secure area, they were allowed to leave for dinner, and the group of Valentine Higgins, Ayers, John Caffney, I want to say his name right, Kissinger, and Ray Natilly all went to Harry's and Izzy's Steakhouse in downtown Indianapolis. Now, upon their return to the hotel, well, they took a COVID-19 test, and one of the referees tested positive. A source told the source, which is the stadium, and he, of course, tested twice on Monday morning, tested positive as well. So, again, you scratch your head, you try to figure it out, how can a large <laughs> body sanction – why aren't the rooms ready? Why aren't the food prepared? Why are we not setting up to win here? And, and, again, I saw this headline break while we were on the air, Eugene, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because I do want to pay uh, some respect to a, a gentleman who, again, has done a lot for uh, 
the NFL, which we'll do that here in a little bit with Keyshawn Johnson and some sad news out of his family. But how do you not have the food ready? How do you not have the hotel ready? I mean, this is this is the prepare. That's somebody had one job to do and failed it miserably. Yeah, and you know when you're talking about the NCAA, it's a multi-billion-dollar corporation, and that's what it is. Exactly. It's a business, you know. And, and and we've kind of argued back and forth with them. We we we've sent so many requests to them for information and whatnot. But at the end of the day, they're a business, and again, they're a multi-billion-dollar corporation. You look at the the contracts they sign. You know, billions of dollars to cover the NCAA tournament, uh, as well as they're the governing body for all uh, intercollegiate sports. And for them not to be able to kind of plan ahead and lock these things down, but then kind of toss it back on to the refs, you know, you kind of wonder who's running the show. And we've been digging into that a good bit off the air. Uh, through through uh, FOIA requests and emails and things like that, you know, when it comes down to just, for example, the visits and who's making the decisions for, you know, opening up things to the quiet period so kids can visit, you know, when it comes to, um, you know, campus visits and, and these, uh, you know, college coaches being able to come to high school and camps and things like that. And, you know, it kind of seems like for the past couple of months, it's you, you wonder who's running the show and how successful they are at doing that when they have all the resources in the world. I mean, you think if someone can run a high school program and do it the right way with a very limited budget, you know, how are these folks not being able to do it successfully with billions of dollars at their disposal and all the, you know, corporate ranks? I mean, surely they have deals. Surely they have contracts. Surely they have many, many people in their management department who not only are making decisions but handling the operations. And when things go awry, you kind of wonder, you know, what's really going on at the top level. Right. There's some questions and some conversations. And, again, we've done our due diligence to reach out to somebody, anybody. We've actually got response back. It's not that they don't respond to you. It's just getting it past that one step, right? I mean, we've – we get to that one, two, and then somewhere in three, we get we get lost in translation. But, you know, we'll, we'll wait. We'll see. We'll keep pushing. We'll keep climbing. Like we found out earlier that there's there's some things that are happening. We'll, we'll keep you up to date on the dead period and the rules and regulations and certain things uh, out of that as well. Now, I did uh, look up the 24-7 actually was the one that reported. I believe that's who it was that reported the factor of uh, Keyshawn Johnson, by the way, his daughter, uh, I haven't seen anything else on it that there's some sad news reports out of his family that maybe uh, with his daughter. Uh, again, Eugene, I, I will look more into it. We'll get it out after we uh, fact check a little bit more of it. But, uh, you know, just uh, kind of keep that family in your thoughts and prayers. And then some good news out of uh, the, well, Stratford area. How about this young man, Hunter Taylor? Hunter Taylor, of course, a former quarterback over at uh, Stratford. Uh, was named the, the ODAC Football Offensive Player of the Week. Now, this is an Emory and Henry College senior quarterback, Hunter Taylor, who was named uh, to the Old Dominion Athletic Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, the young man, of course, uh, threw for two touchdowns, went 11 for 17, passing for 246 yards, and that big win Friday uh, over a uh, Guilford College, 47 to 6. Deontay Geddes is another young man who, by the way, is a defensive linebacker for the same team. He played in Somerville. 
Now, the cool part of that whole story is that Hunter Taylor was at Somerville, transferred to Stratford. His two brothers, by the way, are Newberry young men that are dog- dogging out, balling out over there at Newberry. So uh, just good to see our low country, our Palmetto State athletes getting recognized. And when you get to be the player of the week in a conference in college, we definitely want to make sure that we give you the, the light and uh, the opportunity to be heard here on Southern Sports Central. Maybe we'll get Hunter on the show with us. That'd be cool. Uh, him and Mr. Gaddis, of course, uh, big-time ballers up there in, uh, in a big school, of course, up there in Virginia of uh, Emory and Henry College taking advantage of an opportunity. I want to thank all of our guests here tonight as we wrap up our show here at uh, three minutes to the end, Eugene. I do want to thank uh, Kaleem Hurd. He's a four-time state champion wrestler, Northwestern High School. Seven o'clock guest was uh, the head coach for Philip Simmons. That is Coach Eric Bendig. Thank him very much for coming on tonight, 7.30. We went all the way to Flowtown, Florence, South Carolina, South Florence High School. Not only they got a new field coming, they got a new coach who's been there now a year. They've also got some great weight room strategies, technology, and a lot of other things going on, all led by the former player over at Sumter. The Gamecock brings in that mentality over there to the Bruins, and that is their head coach, Drew Marlowe. And then at 8 o'clock, Ms. Jaya Williams is going to do big things as she heads to Coca College over there in Hartsville, leaving a legacy and a trail of success since her freshman year on varsity to her senior year. They just wrapped up. She's got a state championship ring as well. She was a runner-up this past year. But, again, when they COVID season for these young ladies to make it to the state championship, to me, it's, it's a winner-winner all the way across the board. And tonight I felt the same way. Don't forget, tomorrow night at a 6 o'clock kickoff, you'll hear the West Foundation Sports Show brought to you by our good buddy over there, Everett Sands, out of the Columbia Studios, Columbia, South Carolina. Of course, uh, Everett grew up in Conway, played his college ball at the Citadel, and uh, has coached in many places, like the Gamecocks, like the University of Texas, San Antonio, or NC State, or even over there, of course, at Coastal. We'll be back live on Thursday night, so if you want to hear Eugene and myself and our amazing list that we've already all but wrapped up, don't miss us on Thursday. Eugene, 30 seconds, my friend. Great job tonight taking it all in and putting it all together on social media, buddy. Yeah, and for coaches and athletes listening in, uh, we're almost booked up through the, through the whole month of March, but we got a few spots open. You're interested in coming on, uh, want to feature your staff, your program, or athletes who want to come in and uh, talk about, you know, what they're doing in the off season, or, or just finishing the regular season or even those athletes who are playing. You know, we do have a couple spots available, but uh, we're always looking to uh, feature you guys. We want to talk about your program or what you're doing what you hope for, your goals, you know, what, you know, everything from training to, you know, what's going on in your life. You know, this is a platform for you guys. Uh, give us a shout. Give us a DM. Uh, we'll love to have you on. Uh, definitely looking forward to Thursday night. It is uh, going to be a different thing. And we'll definitely keep this show rolling uh, throughout the rest of the month and, and into the future. Again, we're here for you. 2021 is for the athletes. No doubt, guys. I'm happy Eugene. I'm Rich Y'all. But don't forget to go to the Blitz. Sign up. They got a camp coming to Somerville. Don't want to miss it, guys. Until next time, God bless and take care. It's okay. Hey, feeling good. Like I stood. Winning the Kawaga.